0: And now enjoy this free Jason Modcast show.
1: It's
2: Friday once again. T-G-I-F. It's like we come back here every seventh day. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. It's like a routine. Or a recurrence. Yeah? Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Recurrence sounds better. Yes, it does. Gives it more panache. Yes. Almost, more cachet. Almost. What's with the sh The chenay? What's the, chinoche, the chine, what, You got <laughs> chine? the shh going on. <laughs> Just trying to class up the join a little bit. Very nice. <laughs> we should talk in British accents. With French words? Absolutely. No. <laughs> no? No. Oh. Oh, right. <laughs> well, then I'll stop. <laughs> Our poor American friends are going, what are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are they talking about? Two Canadian <laughs> guys with French words speaking in British accents. Exactly. Yes. All right. Let's talk like Sean Connery. <laughs> it's time for the show, damn it. <laughs> Just. Okay. That's what everybody's screaming (laughs) Shut up, Rob Should have mailed it to the Mox brothers. (laughs) My favorite line from Indy. Movie reference. Okay. We're gonna start off with Reaper Ricks. (laughs) Check, Check. we're done. Reaper Rick's Tree Frog Expose Cafe Number eight. A woman's scorn. Yeah. Yes. Now this one, Reaper Rick combines his shows. He puts them all together into tell one story of the murder of Travis Alexander, which would lead to the media wide freak show known as the Geordie Jordy Harris trial. And I did a bit of checking on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Her stories didn't. Uh... Not not watertight. No. 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 There's a little room for wiggle in there. <laughs> Some holes poked in. Yes. Them. Well, let's get everybody caught up. Oh, I like how you did that. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> Whole run season. the episode then you can you can laugh at me after you got it here we go Reaper Rick number eight a woman' scorn
3: hey welcome back everyone once again this is Reaper Rick and you are hopefully someone else tonight this episode will be a little different still have. Bit of news, simply because the world is so sick, it's hard not to find something worse and stupid out there. So, what we have here is a guy in a Iran. Iran, yes. Went to a sorcerer. ...because apparently they still have sorcerers doing business on the streets of Iran... ...went to a sorcerer and needed an invisibility spell... ...so he could rob banks at will... ...and no one could see him. So the sorcerer agrees to his request... And sells him a number of special spells, which were tied around the man's left arm. And the sorcerer may have sprinkled him with some sort of dust or ash, whatever, just to make it look good. And then charged him $500, approximately, in American money, for this spell. So the man, quite happily, goes to the nearest bank and apparently realizes that he can't just walk up to a teller and demand money because he's invisible. But he couldn't get around behind the counter because everything was locked. So he decided to just snatch money from the hands of customers as they left the teller window or before they got up to the teller. So he walked among the customers, lifting money from their hands, and he apparently did this two or three times before the customers, who were so shocked, I guess they couldn't imagine the guy was brazen enough to do something so stupid, took him down to the floor of the surprised man was arrested and taken to jail and he admitted that he made a mistake Um, not that robbing the banks was a mistake but his mistake was that he went to a cheap sorcerer and did not get the proper spell for his money so If he had five hundred dollars to spend, why did he need to go to the bank and rob it anyway? But I imagine when he gets out of jail, he will return to the street of sorcerers and find a legitimate sorcerer who could sell him a legitimate spell. And of course everyone knows that the cheapest invisibility spell goes for at least seven fifty, so He'll have to uh, earn a little bit more money before he gets his spell right. And better luck next time. But that at least means there's still hope or magic in the world. Alright, enough silliness. Tonight I'm going to talk about hypocrisy and death. Sex, and it's all going to be revolving around the same story. Oh, an obsession! We got to throw some obsession in there too. I don't know if any of you are following, or if any of you are even aware of the Jodi Arias trial that's going on in Arizona at the present time. Of course, by the time you hear this podcast, the trial may be over, although since it's been going on for almost a month now, it may still be going on by the time you hear this. Regardless, a uh, young woman, 28 years old, kills her off-and-on-again boyfriend by stabbing and slashing him more than two dozen times and then slits his throat clear to the spine ear to ear and then just to be sure that uh deed is done she shoots him in the head so that is the reason Nody Arias is on trial she killed a fellow named Travis Alexander in Mesa, Arizona in 2008 and uh, is just now getting around to be tried but, <clears throat> the the kicker in this whole thing is that she admits killing him, but she says she did it in self-defense. However, um, before she was finally arrested... She attempted to eliminate all evidence of her presence in the apartment where Mr. Alexander was slaughtered and professed her innocence to police, first saying she had never been there on that day. And when they had photographic evidence of her presence in the apartment on the day Mr. Alexander was killed, she finally acknowledged the fact that she was, in fact, there, but she did not kill him. He was killed by two intruders, who broke into the apartment, dressed all in black, male and female, and they killed him. And she ran away. Oddly enough, she didn't bother calling 911 to report this crime. And, you know, attempted to lead the police on a wild goose chase by pretending to have not been there at all. Then, finally, when the evidence against her, including a bloody handprint on the wall, in the bathroom where uh, this guy was butchered, she finally uh, admitted that, yes, she had, in fact, killed him. But... She did it because he attacked her and she feared for her life. So, there has been a trial ongoing for weeks now. And, uh, it's become the biggest freak show on television in uh, a long time. Because, There's so much sex involved in in the relationship between Jody and Travis. But I'm getting ahead of myself here. We have to go back a little bit so you understand that what's going on. Jody, in uh, 2007, was uh, a waitress for the most part. and was looking for some extra money, so she got hooked up with this pyramid scheme called prepaid legal where people pay a monthly fee to this company it's basically an insurance uh, kind of program and if they ever need legal help they don't have to pay you know 500 bucks up front and more and more and more to the lawyers because they've been putting this money into the local legal system for however long. <clears throat> so they get a lawyer. Uh, the deal is, however, that uh, once you become a member of Prepaid uh, Legal, and I think they've changed the name since this thing started, but anyway. Once you become a member of Prepaid Legal, you're supposed to go out and sign up five of your friends to also become members. And those five or ten friends, however many you could sucker into uh, joining this group, they pay their dues their fees, their monthly fees, to, you know, the main corporation, and you get a small percentage of whatever they pay, and then those 10 friends are supposed to try to sign up 10 people each, so now you've got potentially 100 people um, paying money every month and you get a percentage of 100 people's pay, basically. And this goes on and on and on and on. That's why it's called a pyramid scheme. So the only people who get rich out of this are the people at the very top of the pyramid who started the whole thing, because they get paid by the thousands of people who have been signed up for this. have seminars and lectures all over the country telling you how rich you can become if you join prepaid legal and then go out and sign up a bunch of other people and so on and so on and so on. So Jody became interested in this because to people people-minded people, this sounds like an excellent way to make easy money. And she joined up and at one of the conventions or seminars or whatever it is that you're required to go to, by the way, um, she met Travis Alexander, who is or was a motivational speaker for the PPL and would often speak at these uh, seminars and whatnot. Uh, because he well, he was a, a middle-level player, but he made about 60,000 bucks a month. I'm sorry, 60,000 a year from this group. So he had a lot of people who he had signed up, and who had signed up other people, and so on, so on, so on. Anyway, Jody and Travis met at one of these seminars, and... They were attracted to each other. Now, Jody was living with someone at the time and was in a four-year relationship. She met Travis. Travis was unmarried. But the kicker here is that Travis was a Mormon. And uh, Mormons according to the book of Mormon are not allowed to have sexual relations before marriage both men and women are supposed to be virgins when they marry so not only that uh, they're not even supposed to date apparently outside of their religion so this this posed a mm-hmm. you know just a, a small problem for Travis because uh, Jody was not Mormon and uh, she was already in a relationship. But not one to let her religious dogma stand in his way, Travis began talking to Jody on the phone. And telling her about his religion and how good it would be for her. And he even, well, I guess she agreed to this, but he even started sending missionaries to her door once a week to talk to her about Mormonism. Now, she's still living with this other guy, and he's got a kid, but, again, weak-minded people are easily fascinated by lies, so she became interested in the Mormon religion. And eventually, she and Travis started meeting, and I think it was the first or second time they met away from seminars or conventions or whatever that uh, he convinced her to give him head in her car and she brought up the fact that well aren't we supposed to refrain from sex and he said "Oh, that's okay because oral sex is not really sex yeah we've heard that before anyway she convinced him or he convinced her rather so she uh did the job in the front seat of her car and uh, when she was finished she tried to kiss him and he said oh no 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 that's gross don't that and he got out of the car and left <clears throat> but she eventually told her live-in roommate that they could no longer have sex because she was going to convert to Mormonism and so she was living in a Separate bedroom for a while in the house, and she continued to talk to and occasionally see Travis. And she quickly decided to become baptized in one faith. So she was baptized, a woman, and on that day. Travis and Jody went back to her hotel room wherever they were staying, where she was staying. And he proceeded to have anal sex with her because, again, anal sex is not intercourse. So that's apparently all right in the, the eyes of the Mormon god, whose name is Moron. Maroney, that was it. I wasn't the god. Hell, I don't know. But anyway, Travis is, you know, doing her anally and orally at his his leisure. But that's okay because, you know, it's not really sex. Uh, Eventually, they uh, move in together. She moves into his place there in Mesa. And uh, since she's Mormon now, they can see each other, Um, although they're still not supposed to be having actual sexual congress with each other. So for a year or so, they are playing this game, and they have periodic arguments and fights and whatnot, and she leaves him. They break up. She moves to another place in Mesa so she can be close to him, even though she's not seen. So Travis is seeing other people, Mormons mostly, Mormon females that is, because he is, after all, 30 years old and is looking for a Mormon wife. Jody was not pleased with this at all, and reportedly slashed his tires. She slashed the tires of the woman he was seeing. Uh, she hacked into his MySpace account. And, you know, you know, it was just you know basically being a stalker. Well, she finally decided to move back to California, where she was from. But she still kept in contact with Travis. Among other things, they would uh, have phone sex, which Jody recorded, uh, reportedly because Travis wanted her to. But these phone sex tapes were played in court for the jury to hear, and both Families to hear. They also sent uh, pictures of themselves back and forth via phone. Um, Travis apparently had a uh, large old dong, which they showed a picture of court. And while the picture was blurred, it was Easy to tell that uh, he was well endowed. And Jody sent him some pictures of herself, which they showed it for it, but you know, we didn't get to see those. <clears throat> in the meantime, Travis is uh, moving up in the company, the FTPL. And uh, he has a uh, convention or summit meeting or some bullshit to go to in uh, Cancun coming up. So, oh, uh, and I forgot one, one other important aspect of this. At one time when they were still living together, seeing each other, uh, Travis had this little... Special night set up for Jody. You know, he had smile, rose petals sprinkled all over the place, and had a nice bubble bath waiting for her with the candles and everything. And uh, they were both in the tub, and he wanted to have sex with her, but this time he wanted to have vaginal sex with her. And, and she questioned him again because, you know, it isn't vaginal sex forbidden to unmarried people. Now here comes the good part. He said, it won't matter this time because we're underwater. So, they had sex in the tub underwater and the gods were pleased. (coughs) Excuse me. Anyhow, so, along uh, toward the end of uh, May 2008, beginning of June, Jodi decides to take a trip to Utah to meet another Mormon male, and that has an interest in her, but she drives down through California to visit a bunch of other people before she heads to Utah, and suddenly makes a big right hand turn well actually it will be left hand turn coming down from Northern California and she heads to Mesa and uh, stops by to see Travis they uh, she gets there early in the morning they spend most of the day sleeping Then they have sex and have something to eat and they go into the bathroom, and she's taking pictures of him while he's showering. They had already taken pictures of each other naked in the bedroom, which were also all shown in the courtroom. So she's taking pictures of him in the shower, and suddenly she kills him. She says that she dropped his camera, his brand new camera, and he kept charging out of the shower and picked her up, threw her down the ground and said he was going to kill her for being such a stupid bitch and everything else. And she runs off, <clears throat> comes back with a gun and shoots him in the head. Well, then she doesn't remember slashing his body to bits and cutting his throat and then putting him back in the shower. And... Washing the sheets and the towels that she used to clean up, and uh, uh, on and on and on. So that's where we stand right now. Jody's been on the stand for 15 days, you know, trying to. Oh, she's. I may have forgot to say that this is a death penalty trial because the prosecutor says it was a premeditated murder. And she's trying to defend her life. So she's been on, on the stand for 15 days. Tomorrow will be 16. Although, again, this is, you'll, you'll hear this later. So I don't know where, where the situation will stand by the time um, this episode is played. But what we have here is, you know... Uh, uh, Hypocrite in Trappist because he uh, follows the Mormon rules when it suits him, and when it doesn't, he just does whatever he feels is right. Uh, Jody is uh, into it more of the sex than anything else, but she would certainly marry him so she could. Happen every day and she just doesn't know any better. She's just uh, demented. She has emotional, mental problems. Duh. After she stabbed the guy some 26 or 28 times, slit his throat and shot him in the head. Now, we, well, a lot of people seem to think that she did all of this after she found out he was taking another woman to Cancun with him, which she knew he was going to Cancun, but she did not know he was going with another woman. And after just spending, you know, the whole afternoon having sex with her, he then tells her that, you know, he's taking someone else to Cancun for three days. Now, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that the way he was butchered is not something that would uh, be called self-defense. That was a rage killing. She was so enraged that she wanted him not just dead, she wanted him destroyed. The only thing she didn't do was cut off his big pecker and take it home with her. But, she slaughtered him. And, she not only slit his throat and stabbed him in the heart, and in almost every other part of his body, she also shot him in the head. This is not... Something you do and self defense. This is something you do manic rage, psychotic rage. And Oh God, excuse me. <clears throat> and she's claiming self-defense. So anyway, if you haven't been following this trial, you've missed a great show because it has been a total freak show over. And the way things are going, the uh, verdict may surprise everyone. I don't see how she could possibly be acquitted of this, since she admitted killing him. But, well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. We'll uh, no tell no telling what's going to happen. This, but it's just been a hell of a show those girls it been a hell of a show so with that I think we can be uh done with Jody time be and we should uh, do something else so I believe that the uh, idiot who said is the root of all evil obviously didn't have any money at the time or else he wouldn't have said anything so stupid as near as I can tell not having money is definitely an evil situation because it means that people will do stupid things in order to get I know that in the past couple of years, um, you know, the wife and I are short of cash on a monthly rate basis, and I have done some things that I would never have considered doing, you know, when I had money, and it's, uh, it's not. It's not nice, it's not good, <sighs> for one thing, living in a trailer sucks, never thought growing up that I would end up in a damn trailer park, but <sighs> sometimes you just gotta do what you gotta do. You know, it's not so bad in the summertime. But uh, this winter has been especially cold and distasteful. And we're living in an old trailer that is poorly insulated. And our heating bills are astronomical. And, you know... It's just, when it's cold outside, it's cold inside. It doesn't matter how long you run the fucking heater, it's still fucking cold. But, uh, what are you going to do? I have resorted to actually breaking the law, specifically, but we're uh, still doing things that I would uh, not do if I didn't have to. But, hey, that's just life, isn't it? Something I uh, didn't do when I was younger was uh, save money or, you know, Retirement, old age, and whatnot. I did starch a few years ago, well, back in the uh, late 90s actually. Started buying silver, you know, and it was only four or five, and then eventually six dollars an ounce. And I had, after, uh, 10 years or so of buying silver whenever I had some extra cash. I had a, a nice collection of silver. Even had a few pieces of gold stashed away here and there. Because gold was only uh, $600 an ounce back in those days. But you could get, you know, grams of gold, gold, gold coins for 60 bucks. <laughs> anyway, so I was hoping to uh, you know, use that resource as um, we got older. And in fact, I, I have used it. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, I had to pretty much sell my entire stock just to survive the past couple of years. Well, that's not entirely true. I started selling it off before we left California, but it was a good investment because uh, silver increased more than six times what, what I what I paid for it. You know, uh, the best I got was about forty bucks an ounce for. Silver that I paid five or six dollars an ounce for, so that was a good investment. So the gold was also uh, a good investment, I just couldn't afford to buy a lot of gold, and it was uh, relatively cheap. You know, it started out at uh, $600 an so got up to $1,600 an so that was a, a, a fair turnover. But, uh, yeah, that shit's all gone now. You know, it was just to, you know, survive. We didn't go on any major vacations or buy a new car and anything. We just used it to pay rent, get our prescriptions, buy food. So, that didn't last too long. two and a half years and it was all gone, so now we're just uh, living on cheap, as they say, and that sucks, very, very disheartening to have to uh, run out of money. Just scrape by you know bouncy checks here and there when you have to because well, just because you know, it's just what it is. So uh, my advice to all of you young people out there is you know, save some money because uh, that's difficult now with the economy that ship. Don't say that you're not going to have it later on when you need it. Someone else once said that uh, laughter is the best medicine. Well, I know that uh, as a sufferer of chronic depression, and I've talked about depression a bit on this show, laughter indeed can make you feel better. It may, may seem ridiculous, but science has proven that laughter releases endorphins into your system, which make you feel better. And I have noticed that if I'm really down, if I can find something, that uh, will make me laugh over and over again. And then eventually, I, you know, despite my best efforts, I suppose eventually I do feel better. So that's something to think about. If you can uh, find an episode of <clears throat> you know, funny videos or something on TV or YouTube or whatever and uh, get yourself laughing for 15 or 20 minutes. Not continuously, but just periodically over that period of time. You will discover you feel better. Another thing that uh, helps me when I'm feeling low is music. Music, for some reason, also releases chemicals into your blood that makes you feel better, well, unless you're listening to, you know, some really depressing music or something, but for the most part, music that lifts your spirits will certainly make you feel better. I personally, like music from the 80s, Uh, they had uh, good bands in those days, and they were rocking, and even today, when I listen to bands from the 80s, uh, it gets me rocking too, is from the late 60s, early 70s. Well, that takes me back to some good times. You know, Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, Janice Joplin, all those guys that are dead now. But when they were live, they really, really rocked the Casbah. So, music and laughter, all these two good things to remember when you're feeling down. Nothing makes you feel better than getting up and wanting to dance. And if you can spark the old urge, music. Just make a fool of yourself, or better yet, do it when no one else is around. Yeah, that'll take some of the load off, make you feel better. Might even get some laughter out of it. Something else that uh, many people use to overcome depression is food. Comfort food is called that for a reason, after all, but some food just makes you feel better than other. Chocolate is excellent for making you feel better. Chocolate has chemicals in it that also release things in your bloodstream that make you feel better. There have been, (coughs) excuse me, some cheesecakes, chocolate cheesecake, especially. Haven't had any up here, you know, of course, naturally, but California. We used to bring uh, cheesecake into work sometimes. Cause I worked the night shift, so it was sometimes boring and sometimes miserable. But anyway, get this chocolate cheesecake once in a while. And a small fork full of that into your mouth. It was almost as good as an orgasm. Oops, slipped um, yeah so chocolate chocolate can, can be good for you not overindulgence of course but uh, there are some foods that absolutely need to be a better i know that uh, women especially when they're feeling depressed will often eat ice cream or cookie dough. And I discovered some time ago that there is a ice cream with cookie dough in it that is damn tasty. And you can sit there Watching some funny videos, eating ice cream cookie dough. Goddamn! After a while, you fucking feel better, dude. You just do. And it's all in the brain, anyway. Good things, bad things come out of that little organ. Well, actually, it's a pretty big organ. Most people. So, that's just, you know, one more thing to think about if you're feeling down and out, lonely and shitty. And I I, I feel that quite about, quite a bit, crackers Black. crackers quite a bit lately. But, you know, of course, I'm diabetic, so I can't really indulge in all of the uh, good things that life has available. And I can't really afford it now anyway. So all I have left are memories. But I can still watch funny videos and listen to hot fucking music. And still be so there you go. Another episode of nonsense and bullshit to cheer your night up. I hope, anyway. So, uh we let you go. Hopefully you're doing better than me. Better than I. Better than Reaper Rick. Good night all. Hopefully I will have a chance to annoy you next week once again.
2: See, told you that was a good joke? That was a good joke. But see, the holes in her self-defense were obvious or sorry, the holes in her story were obviously in self-defense. Absolutely, next to the gunshot wound and the slit throat. Well, I much I hypothesized that that he damn big words. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I theorized? Better. Okay. That he had uh, become a zombie. That's the only explanation. That is the only logical explanation that I can come up And that would explain why she she originally thought she wasn't there. Yeah. I can't can't believe this is going on. And then she said two guys. Well, one would be the living and one would be the dead. That's right. It's like two guys. So she had to shoot them both. Oh. Well, she shot one. Oh, no. She stabbed one. Right. Then she slit the other guy's throat. Right. And then they reconstituted. And she shot it in the head. That's how you get rid of a zombie. That's right. Everybody knows that. That's, That's proof right there. Zombie defense. If she went... With zombie defense instead of self defense, she would have been off. She'd be eating Dairy Queen right now. Oh, Dairy Queen! Had to do that, didn't you, (laughs) bastard? Okay, (laughs) then let's move on to. Let me see. How about when in Burbank? Okay, number eight. Moving on. Hot off the heels of the press release announcing the canceling of operations of MythWorks Corporation, Dave and Sadie talk about their feelings of moving on after 20 years as a publisher and CEO. Wow, this must have been the switch to Jezelman. Yeah, yes. I can't wait to hear this one. <laughs> Start the episode, then you get into your your housekeeping. Yeah, I was just yeah. scratching out numbers, well, playing bingo.
4: It's true i know
2: <laughs> okay how about this then <laughs> we're gonna listen to one in burbank number eight
5: moving on welcome to win in burbank i'm david k montoya
4: and i am S. sadie burbank
5: how are you doing this week i'm great terrific how Try, are you i'm doing okay I'm trying to stay warm it's been ah uh,
4: yeah it's been in the 20s at night here which is not as bad as it is in some places true but It's cold for here.
5: Our dear friend Terry in Idaho is suffering below freezing. What what do you say, 33 below zero? Yeah, something
4: something ugly. Something ugly. Yeah, and I don't think it gets even up to freezing during the day. Poor guy. He's...
5: Yeah, it it can't be good. He's
4: cold. (laughs) He's cold.
5: Um, Well, off the heels of a press release that got issued, everybody knows now, and I actually dropped the bomb about two weeks ago you know, that I was suspending operations for MythWorks. Um, We are keeping MythMart open, you know, so people that are still interested can go buy, you know, all the swag that's still there. We're just not going to be producing anything new other than we do have two projects for this year. And because we're already in contractual obligation, we have to finish the contract. Hmm. Um, And that is through our Christian brand, GISG, have I ever mm-hmm. talked about GISG?
4: Not on the program.
5: GISG we purchased back in April of 2011. It was an in-house Christian novel, novelty kind of thing. And and when I seen it, I seen the opportunity to just and, and forgive the term. This is a very business-like term. But when I seen it, I knew that I could use that genre, mm-hmm. you know, for the public. Mm-hmm. Um, and we produced one book. Let's see, 2,000. Was 2011, end of 2011, beginning of 2012. Uh-huh. We produced the, the Beyond the Farthest Star, right by uh, Dee Dee Chumley, and that was a very good selling book, right. Um, and then this year 2013, we we're actually coming out with what is called Spiritual Awakening, an anthology of praise and worship, uh-huh. and because we're already contracted with the authors, with the editor in chief. Uh, Which has been, she's been very good because technically her contract has ended. Mm -hmm. She no longer technically works for us, Sarah St. John, Mm -hmm. but she wants to wrap this up before Mm -hmm. she moves on tour. So we're going to be putting out a a Christian anthology Mm -hmm. and then later on this year, and I wanted to get it out last year, but we had to wait for the conclusion of 2012 just to make sure we all didn't die. Mm -hmm.
4: (laughs) Yeah, why waste our energy, right?
5: (laughs) Right. Um, And that is where I've given the green light. um, Myself, Terry. Myself, S.M. Morton. uh, Russo, Alan Russo has been involved in this. And we have written the 20 years. Well, originally, before we changed the name, you know, from Dark Myth Production Studios to MythWorks, the original working title for the book was called The 20 Years of Dark Myth. Mm-hmm. But because now we changed the name, it's called the Evolution of Mythworks, mm-hmm. and it literally starts in 1990 when a 13-year-old David came on toy was handed a stack of comic books and would forever change his life, and wow. it goes all the way to the end of 2012. Awesome, and
4: and that's going to be part of the the Christian.
5: No, this that one is coming out through. Um, I, I have. I'm kind of on the fence with it. Neither it's going to be a MythWorks publication. No, you know what? I, I was going to. Ah. Okay. <laughs> I found out. I'm not allowed to say dark myth, right? Because you can't of, even say it. Uh, well, I can say it. I oh. mean, they'll probably if, it, if they're listening, they're like, "Give me fifty cents every time you say it."
4: Yeah. Right. But I mean, send uh, me the bill.
5: As far as publication wise, you know, because we had. Dark Myth Comics. Right. Dark, dark Myth, myth Pictures. Yeah. Right. That right. was that was the right. the brand name was Dark Myth. Right. So I found out that we can't say or put Dark Myth on any of our labels. Right. But we can say Dark Myth publications. Because I own the trademark to Dark Myth Publications.
4: So... I'm confused. What you can't, okay. Say that again, because it sounded like you said it and then contradicted yourself. Say, okay. say what you can't do.
5: I cannot put just Dark Myth, single two words, on our print.
4: Okay, but you can't say Dark Myth Publications. Right. Oh, okay.
5: Because I own the trademark on Dark Myth Publications. Okay. okay. So I thought, what would be more befitting for our final product to be under Dark Myth Publications.
4: Yeah, if it's legal to do, do Absolutely it. Absolutely it's legal. Absolutely do it. Absolutely do it. Yeah, totally.
5: And so, it's still in the midst of being written, rewritten. I'm trying yeah. to find pictures and, and really go oh, into yeah. stuff like that. And I don't know if it'll be much of a big seller outside of our, our little family you know our, our dark myth well, it might, be, it, might
4: it might turn out to be a, like a kind of a what to do and what not to do right. thing for a lot of people too They're starting in in this industry
5: and it's 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 been really nostalgic for me I
4: bet yeah
5: just thinking about things I, i've gone in the cupboard and had to pull up things and i was like oh i still have this you know yeah, yeah. so it's it's been really That's fun cool. That's cool. And like I said, even if it doesn't sell outside of everybody that's been involved, we've had so many people involved in this small little company. You know, I tried to put everybody that's ever been affected, you know, or, you know, everybody in there. Yeah. So I think that'll do well just within us. It
4: should. It should. Yeah.
5: And yeah, that's cool. It's and I was gonna surprise everybody, but you know, me and surprises I can't do <laughs> crap. Um, it's it's gonna be under Dark Myth Publications. All right. Because it's that's
4: appropriate.
5: it's gonna be our final publication yeah. until I, I figure out when will be. Well, I know after you know I have the RN license in hand, mm-hmm. then you know then it'll happen. Speaking of of licensing and college and stuff, another thing I realized. Uh-huh. I have 51 credits. Yes. California State says 60 credits is a, uh, an associate's degree in liberal arts. So I'm about to get my first degree. Yeah, I'm nine are. units away from my first degree. I
4: know. You know, when I graduated at BBC, I actually had enough credits to go ahead and get my bachelor's. Really? Yeah, I got like a hundred and I don't know how many. God, I got all kinds of credits. But... I didn't do it because I didn't think it was right for me to do it because it's like buying your degree. Mhm. You know. Yeah. And I didn't want to do that. So, but anyway, anyhow you were saying.
5: So, we're going to go um obviously this does not affect Mod or the Jezomal cast at all. Mhm. You're going to be here, I'm going to be here, we're going right. to keep yapping on until whenever.
4: Until people stop listening.
5: Um, but we're Don't just Don't
4: stop listening. <laughs>
5: But we're, we're, as far as myth works, you know, that's just coming to an end. You know, all good things must come to an end. And when I realized that it's just the pleasure and the enjoyment that I used to have. Right. It's just not there no right. more, right. unfortunately. And I'm not pointing fingers. I'm not naming names. But, you know, the last few projects that I've worked with on uh, with other people has really just did been more
4: make. work than fun. Yes.
5: Mm. So that's what I'm doing. And
4: that would be okay except you didn't start this for work. You started it for fun.
5: And that's why I started Javel. Yeah. Because and I, I I we're not making the money. People are smart enough to know, "Hey, if we just hit the forward button on the you know, the uh, commercials, we can skip the commercials and go straight to the mm-hmm. segment. Mm-hmm. We don't have to pay 99 cents. Mm-hmm. But that's okay, because like we said, episode one, we're not in for this for the money.
4: Oh, hell, if I was in for the money, I'd be home. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be here.
5: And then, you know, the publications that I put out, you know, do you know that I put out a weekly story? Still? Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Where are you putting it? It, It's on jazelmon.com. You go to jazelmon.com slash the end.
4: Oh, 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 yeah, okay.
5: And every week there's a story that comes out. Oh, I didn't know that. (laughs) That's free. You know, everything that we try to offer, there's a free version to everything we offer on jazelmon.
4: I'm so bad. I didn't realize. I'm sorry. It's
5: okay. But one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about is because since I'm walking away as the publisher... You know, mm-hmm. I'm walking away as the CEO. I want to show you how to print your own books. And I'm gonna show you how to do and, and now I will still format the books because that's that's the technical
4: mm-hmm.
5: you know, and mm-hmm. I, I can do that.
4: Mm-hmm. So
5: I, I wouldn't do that to you and say <laughs> format your own books. You
4: see my eyes getting yeah. wider, don't you? <laughs> yes.
5: But I, I will still format, but I will show you very easily because of the contract that we have. Even though we're suspending the the publications with Mythworks, the nice little thing that I threw in there with our contract is it's Mythworks slash or and slash or Jaselmond. Okay. Because I I figured one day eventually Jaselmon would come out with a printed project okay. and I wanted to get in on this contract. Okay. So Jay's actually has the same exact contract as Mythworks. so I can offer the same, you know, savings okay. when you see the savings, when you see how much, mo- just hold on for a second, folks. I'm just going to hit pause just for a moment. Okay, we're back. I just had to share something with Sadie real fast off air. So you see the savings.
4: Yeah, significant. Significant. So I'll be publishing.
5: So what I would do is you could use the contract off of Jaisalmon. Market. Mm-hmm. I would set you up with a sub-vendor account. Mm-hmm. Meaning you would be the publisher mm-hmm. of your own books. Mm-hmm. You'd say, okay, this is what I've done. Send it to me. I'd still format it, do everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Send it out there. Mm -hmm. They would make it go on sale.
4: And And still go like through the big guy that we are with now? Yes. Okay. I guess we can't say that name on air, can we?
5: Which one? And I'll just edit it out if you can.
4: Oh, Amazon.
5: Yeah, it'll be on Amazon.
4: It'll be on Amazon. Oh, cool. Okay. I like it.
5: So that's that's a big thing, you know, because I know that you have a lot more projects that you want to fulfill.
4: Well, I wouldn't say a lot more, but I have a couple that that are already done that I'd kind of like to do something with. Uh, you know, the kids books primarily, the the lyrics that we talked about, right. maybe publishing them as poetry. Or you know, or just a book of lyrics. Um, uh, shorts. I got some shorts.
5: Yeah, the anthology not, that we yeah, talked about
4: may or may not be uh, kind of cool to have together in a in a publication. They're widely varied in terms of theme and content and so on. But and, right
5: and. Other than you, I'm going to pass that information on to Terry, you know, if he decides. Because he's been writing this book forever called Queens of the Westerland. Without a doubt, the best he's ever written. Because when he gets into that fantasy medieval style, Mm -hmm. that's where he really shines. Mm -hmm. And he's actually been writing a novel for many years. Oh, yeah? And he's quite a few um, chapters in. I want to say he's like 17 or 18 chapters in. If he can finish it, you know, I, I'm i not just, I won't make no money off this. I don't want no money off this. I'm just trying to help people. Okay. And I know people out there are probably going to start emailing me like, "Whoa, oh, what's your secret? Mm-hmm. There's a catch to it. <laughs> okay. The catch is, is, and I've mentioned this in previous, Sadie owns a stock of MythWorks. Mm-hmm. Terry owns stock in MythWorks, and the other person that I would give this information to would be my sister, which she owns a very small stock, but she still owns stock in MythWorks. Yeah. So I'm not going to make it openly available to everybody. Right,
4: right. you got to be one of the in-crowd <laughs>
5: So to speak. Well, that and I don't want to shoot myself in the foot, you know, yeah, well, a couple of years later and yeah. say, okay, here we go. We're yeah. going to start publishing and everybody has money, you know, yeah, or we don't need to. you.
4: Yeah. So. Yeah, I get it.
5: Because I know you were very accepting of of what, you know, we talked about closing of, of uh, MythWorks. Mm-hmm. You were very accepting. Terry was very accepting. I got an email from Russo and Russo if I'm blowing this for you, I'm sorry. But I just, you know, part of conversation. So I'm sorry if this is kind of uh, spoilers. So, I guess if anybody out there is following Zombie Works, Alan Russo, fast forward and plug your ears for a second. <laughs> he emailed me. He's like, I want to produce, I want you to produce another book. Mm-hmm. He's going to be coming out with his new blood book. Mm-hmm. I said no. Mm-hmm. I just... It's not there in me. I don't... <sighs> I don't want to make a book. I don't want to deal with the. I don't want to deal with the distribution systems. I don't want to deal with the authors. I don't want to deal with the printers. I don't want to deal with the the you know the paying systems. You've got your PayPal. You have Square. You know, and then you've got the Amazon, of course, which you would go through. Then you have the Amazon International. I just don't want to deal with that. Yeah. Oh. I, I just don't. I don't. And so
4: who's holding the gun to your head?
5: Right. And so I turned it down and I said no. And and which you're entitled. If you would have asked me that last year, I think you'd have been a lot more shocked if I said it, you know, early twenty twelve than twenty thirteen.
4: Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe.
5: Well did you did you kind of see something no, happening?
4: Or? No, not necessarily. But you've had so much on your plate for the last three years that it's just been scary to watch, you know. I mean really. Because You can only do so much. You can only spread yourself so thin, and and then something gets less than it should. Right. Somewhere along the line, the quality. Either you do, or one of your projects, or more, one or more of your projects do, or you know something something suffers. There's just only so much a person can do. True. and and do well, you know. And so to, to, for me, looking in, I've been been waiting for you to to back away and say, you know
1: to get to this either point. either
4: I don't want to do this anymore or I want to do this, but I don't want to do that. something, right. I've just, yeah, because it's like when you stop doing nursing school for a while, right. And then you pick it back up again and you do or you don't, you, you will or you won't, you know. And and I know it's a struggle for you because you know, you're you're not in a position to sit on the sidelines and let your opportunities float around you and pick them. Right. Out of the air for a time being and play with them for a while and then put them back out there. You, you have a family to feed and house and clothe and school and, uh, a wife t- who needs your attention and yourself who needs your attention. And, uh, you start putting all that together into one person and that's a chunk.
5: You know, I'm glad you brought up Lacey because you know that on the 13th of this month will be our 17th wedding year anniversary. We've been married for 17 years. Wow. And I know she's not going to listen to this, but I just want you guys to know that for 18 years that we've been together, she has put up with so much shit from me. (laughs) She has seen my visions and she has stuck by me. Whether she agreed or not, Mm -hmm. you know, as my spouse, as my significant other, she has just put up with so much shit. She's put up with me taking time away from her and the kids to pursue my passion, and she's always been very, very sweet about it. And I know it it sounds mushy, but
4: no, it it just sounds respectful.
5: You know, it's one of those. There's a there's there should be something more than a thank you, but there's nothing more meant than a thank you.
4: Yeah. Yeah. No, I and I'm sure she probably doesn't want any more than a thank you. If if even that. She probably you know, <clears throat> when we say for better or worse, you know, we always tend to think in extremes when we say for better or worse. Right. Uh but but what we don't realize sometimes is the daily grind can be really worse. You know what? Or I, better.
5: You know what I got her for Christmas? Mm. And you're gonna laugh. Mm-mm. Her Christmas present was the handwritten press release saying,
4: Mm-mm. "I'm done." There you go. That's prob- that's not funny at all. No, that's that that has a lot of meaning in behind it. And, and I'm sure she was thrilled to get it.
5: She was very <laughs> thrilled yeah, to get very it. Very
4: touched. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good that you because. It's it's part of your growing up, too. You know, when we're real young, we tend to think we can do anything. Right. You know, whether we have the time to or not. We, we can do anything, right? Right. As we progress, <clears throat> we begin to realize that, A, we can't do everything, and, B, we don't necessarily want to. Or need to. Or need to. Yeah. And that is a, a, a real liberating kind of feeling when you realize that, you know, it's like when, when you realize that you can't climb the K-12. Right. <laughs> Good. I don't have to try. <laughs> All right. You know, or whatever else, you know, you don't, you, you, you're willing, as you mature, you become willing to relinquish the option of accomplishing a certain thing.
5: I feel, as far as being a publisher, being a you know owner, on a very low scale, which I'm completely okay with. And a lot of people don't get this that I've talked to. They're like, but you're not rich, so you didn't accomplish it my goal was to never become rich. That was not my goal. Yeah. My goal was yeah. to publish people.
4: And you did that.
5: You know, and I published myself. You know as as published as me. And I I feel at thirty six years old I, I feel that well almost thirty six. You know, I've gone as far as I can go there's nothing
4: well I wouldn't say you've done gone as far as you can go you've gone as far in this direction as you want to go uh, you have definitely not gone as far as you can go because you know people people can push themselves to real extremes if you you know if you really wanted to you could keep this up you know and and throw something else aside and keep it up and keep it up and accomplish more but you've gotten out of it what you wanted right. And, and and isn't that what you're in the it whole for? point yes so
5: yes i'm glad you understand
4: so <laughs> why keep why keep going on if you've got what you want out of it you don't owe anything to anyone you haven't left anyone dangling no unpublished unfulfilled un uh, whatevered well
5: and that's that's the yeah. whole reason why we're we're completing the contracts that we have right now yeah. Yeah. So there won't be no more yeah.
4: I mean, who's going to come knocking on your door and say, "But David, you let me down"? Nobody. Not this year. No.
5: We did have one you, one publisher la- or one publishee last year.
4: You might <laughs> you might have. <clears throat> however, you might have had a family member come to you and say, "Gee, Dad, you let me down."
5: That hurts a lot worse.
4: Yeah. Yeah, or you might wake up in the dead of night thinking, I let myself down. I wanted to do this for myself by now, and I haven't. I wanted to feel this way now by now, and I don't. You know, yeah, it's, it's it's all, I think, part of your maturity, your maturing. I can say that because I'm twice your age, so I, I can say that that's what it is because I have done it. And, you, and it's, a, it's a wonderfully liberating feeling to be able to step back from something and say, there, I did do what I set out to do with that, and now I'm done with that. I'm going to go do something else.
5: There's one you know? thing left, and I don't know if it was... It, uh, <sighs> I think I mentioned on the show, I've literally done everything that I put out to do except one thing that not one thing has just been eaten at me, especially lately. What? The movie. That's the only thing that I've not accomplished.
4: Well, that, that may be, but you don't have to keep this all up in order to do that. Right, right, right. Later on, when you have less... When you have fewer things to finish than you have right now, okay, then if you want to do the movie... Then you can take the steps necessary to fix it so that you can do that.
5: Now, were we friends
4: at that point when I was making a movie? You, you weren't You weren't doing much with it, but you had done. I knew about it. I knew about it. You had told about it.
5: So it was coming to the conclusion of yeah, what had happened? Yeah, pretty,
4: pretty much, yeah. Oh, okay. so, so if, you know, the time comes that you say, okay, now I am an RN making my Boku bucks an hour... Um, and I do have a good full-time position, uh, with Benny's and, and, uh, regular hours. And I don't have, you know, this and that hanging down It'll in my be, face. Right. Then, then if you still feel that you want to do the movie because you want to do it, not because it's something you once wanted to do and hadn't done yet, make, make sure you understand that distinction.
5: The fact that I didn't achieve it is driving me more...
4: Once once you said you want to make the movie... Yes. Once you desperately want to make the movie, your gut wanted you to make the movie, in five or ten more years, if that feeling is still there, you'll find a way to make the movie. But if it's simply, gee, at one time I wanted so desperately to make this movie, and I didn't, maybe I should now... That may not be the right motivation. Right. You know, so, you know, if you come to the point where it's gnawing at your gut, not nagging at you as an unaccomplished thing. Creator. But a gnawing at your gut of something you really have to get out there and do, you'll find a way to do it.
5: Um, Let me just throw something out real fast, too. As you were talking, something popped into my head, actually a little voice and conversation that I had. I am not giving up on this. On which? On any of this, any of it. I'm not abandoning it in in the terms of a negative way. I was I was told that I'm trying to think of the exact terminology that was used. Um, you know, pretty much that I was doing a bad thing. That I've given up on everything that I've set out to. You know. To work so hard to build, now I'm just turning my turning my back on it. That's what it was, and I'm not turning my back on it. It's not.
4: Now, if that. you want, you can interrupt the podcast to answer this question. But who the fuck told you that? So, okay, so I know now who it was, uh, and we've discussed my opinion of. of of right. that statement having been made, I disagree strongly with the statement. You haven't turned your back on anything. You have you, your uh, ambitions have come to a conclusion that is healthy, that is satisfactory to you, that is uh, that you're comfortable with. Right. That you uh, have have given as much of your being and your capabilities to as you possibly could, especially given the circumstances. You know, it's not like you were just sitting around with nothing else to do. (laughs) That's true. People, you got to realize what you do for, you know, with your day. If somebody was to follow your day, follow you around for your day, they'd collapse halfway through it. You know, what do you get? Four, maybe five hours sleep a night if you're lucky? Yeah. On a, on a fairly regular basis, and that's on the nights when you sleep. You know, yeah, there, there, there's, there's, <clears throat> I think, I think you have reached healthy decisions. I think you've reached them using common sense, using in, the intelligence that you've gained through your experience in this business. Well, that and I,
5: I haven't stopped being creative.
4: Of course you haven't. You can't stop being creative. Are you kidding me? It is impossible. That's like stopping breathing. You can't try it. You can't stop breathing.
5: (laughs) Well, for me, right now, it's the podcast. Mm -hmm. I have the same feeling that I get when I know I'm getting ready to podcast that I did 22 years ago when I was getting ready to pick up a pencil to start writing a story. And who knows in five
4: Uh, years what it'll be. It'll be something different. It won't I mean, we're not gonna podcast for five years. People no, that's not gonna happen. It'll be something different, but it'll be something that we'll have just as much interest in. It'll be just as much an expression of our talent and our art as this is.
5: Because essentially we're still telling a story here.
4: Exactly. We're just telling it instead of writing it. Writing it. We're telling stories you know Well, so, yeah
5: and I I broke my promise I said last episode I said we wouldn't be so doom and gloom and glum yeah and we're, we're kind of glum but I just needed to get this out of the way well
4: I, I think you should have I'm, I'm glad you did actually because I didn't know that I didn't know you were feeling that and uh, I get very protective of you sometimes okay because you are like a son to me I don't want to see you Destroying a part of yourself unnecessarily right you know and like I told you before in the beginning of the podcast you can only do so much you know and as you mature you will enjoy learning that you don't have to do everything
5: it's okay yeah you yeah, don't
4: <laughs> you don't have to do everything it's like 20 years ago I wanted to go everywhere in the world and see everything I still would like to, but I'm not going to, and that's okay because uh, you know <laughs> I get kind of tired just doing a little bit for an hour or two. Right. Um, I'd still like to go a lot of places and see a lot of things, but my my bucket list of places I want to go and see has small gotten smaller. Right. I did Alaska. I'd love to go Alaska again. We've been actually twice to Alaska. I'd love to go back again. Alaska. You know,
5: I still have that little moose somewhere.
4: Do ya? Yeah. Oh, we still have it. It's, it's, it's so beautiful there and, and I just can't ever get enough of it except it's colder and shit. There's a lot of places that we want to go. Uh, Ernie wants to go back to Yellowstone. Loves Yellowstone. We did have some nice times there. It's gorgeous country. Um, I want to go to the, the Northeast sometime. We've got friends in Florida. Pla- There's places I want to go, but I'm not going to see all the world. Right. At this point, I realize that. You know, I mean, I could, I suppose, if I wanted to go in super debt to do it. Uh, <clears throat> but I'm not physically in good enough shape to really do long trips and stuff like that. You know. Right. Neither is Ernie. I mean, you, you get that way when you get older. There's stuff that you say... It's too damn hard at my age to do I don't want to do all that anymore, and you're okay with it it's okay you know and you just at your age you're coming to a point where you're saying it's not necessarily the physical limitations that you have or don't have it's the obligations that you're making right and you're you're discriminating between choices more now than you did 10 years ago because you have more obligations to deal with now than you right. had 10 years ago so you're you're having to to weigh your options and pick and choose and And, you know, if you could say, okay, it's all right now, the kids are all grown up, I don't have to raise children anymore, then you could say that. But that isn't the case. You have children growing up. My kids are grown. I don't have to worry about taking care of my kids anymore. They're grown. I don't have to worry about taking care of my grandkids anymore. They're practically grown. You know, so, so you're making choices based on, on the obligations that you have accepted for yourself now. And, and I think that you're doing that showing a great deal of maturity and responsibility to those obligations. And I think that's important for you as a man. It's important to be able to say that, I, that you are fulfilling the obligations that you've chosen for yourself.
5: That's actually really well put. I that's, that is kind of how I feel. I just there's and I think I know we've talked about this on other shows. You know, it's just there's more things important to me right now.
4: That and that's normal. That there should be more things important to you now. You're not a thirteen year old kid anymore. You're right. not even a twenty five year old kid anymore. I'm sorry to be the one to tell you this, <laughs> but you know. So it's that's you're normally progressing it sounds to me as though and and if there are others who pronounce um, judgments about your choices, um, the old standard of walk a mile in my shoes and then we'll talk applies.
5: you know I, I would like. <laughs> I know this sounds kind of silly. Whether it be Jaden or Zoe, you know, I don't know. Like, obviously, Jaden will be closer to the helm than Zoe just because of the, the big age gap. But that's that's one thing when I think putting a book together, mm-hmm. you know, or making a book, mm-hmm. that's the only thing that really pops to the forefront of the mind is that's you know, I would love to do that for my kids. I'd love to put a book together for my kids. But for anybody else, honestly, it just—I don't have that right now.
4: Then, then your decision is made. Your decision is made. You know, you only get to go around once. You know, and the the old "go for the gusto" thing that the beer commercial said—you know—everybody jumped on that one like a, a bug on shit, and they it it, it, it kind of got. Carried away out of context so far that people forgot where that originated, right? You know, and, and they spent so much time going for gusto that they forgot that that was just a beer commercial, <laughs> you know. Um, and, and if you, um, if, if the time comes when you decide you do want to do, like you said, put a book together for your kids, then that'll be something you'll do and it'll be out of a different motivation uh, with, with different um, <laughs> the dog's sniffing my purse with, with yes wait, with different, welcome to another
5: segment of Code Blue yeah,
4: with different um, hmm. you'll bring to it a different skill level than you have right now because it'll be some time before that will happen right you'll bring uh, knowledge to it that you don't have right now and you'll bring interest to it that you don't have right now, depending on what it turns out to be. Right. So, you know, you, you, don't, you don't have to sweat uh, worrying about, will I be ready to do that thing then? You'll be ready. You'll, you'll, be, you'll If you just keep listening to your heart and gut like you are now, you will become the person that you need to be when the time comes that you will need to be it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, How come I always get so freaking philosophical? <laughs> Jesus.
5: I think that's what the, uh, the listeners like. I uh, hope again, so. I, I do have to apologize. He, he has to get in on at least one segment.
4: He being the dog. Yes. Code Blue is his name. Cody for short. And he's a, a golden lab and he is four years old going on two <laughs> and he's in his constantly in his terrible twos. He's very energetic. Uh, he's very friendly. And
5: he, has he to makes be...
4: funny noises when he plays.
5: I was gonna say if any of you at all have listened to past episodes of, of When and Burbank and you hear the sniffing, this is him. And the him.
4: snorting. That's not me. Okay. <laughs> That's the dog.
5: <laughs> he's trying to get in on, you
4: know. He just wants to play. He wants That's to be all. a
5: regular fixture.
4: He thinks he's a human and he and he is to some degree.
5: So as we took down, we've got uh, like nine minutes and 30 seconds.
4: We hmm. um, at your recipes. <laughs> <laughs>
5: I I actually feel very comfortable about my stance. I feel I'm looking so. forward yeah. to to concluding this. It's 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 like
4: nobody wants to do the same thing their whole life. Right. I mean, well, okay, I take that back because I was watching an interview, which is, remember we've been talking about how interviews on television are like podcasts, yes. and video. Okay. I was watching this really terrific one between Steven Spielberg and John Williams, Ooh. the director and yes. composer who has played or scored so many of Spielberg's movies over the years. And they've worked together, I think they said something like thirty eight or thirty nine years, which is just about as long as very and I have been married. and they they even likened the collaboration to a a, a marriage of sorts because right. they uh, read each other's thoughts, they know each other's actions almost before they happen, and so on. So it's very much like a marriage, certainly a professional marriage, right. Uh, and, and they've been doing this for what could be called all their lives. Right. And they plan to continue to do it for what could be called all their lives. And you may yourself come to a point where you think that you have discovered something that you definitely want to do for the rest of your life. That can happen still because you're very young, okay? Okay. Uh, but you haven't d- hit on it yet. You did with, with Lacey, okay? Right. That's a given. You're going to go there for the rest of your life with your wife. That's cool. You've got your kids, okay? Again, a given. Right. You, know, <laughs> you don't have them and then uh, say, <clears throat> uh, I decide I don't want to be a daddy. No, you kind of go on with that one. Well, some people do, but you're not doing that. So you got a wife and you got kids. The nursing thing is looking like a given. Right. But it may not be. You may become a nurse, and then in five years, you may decide you don't want to be a nurse anymore. Uh, you've got a lot of time left to pick and choose what you want to do. I mean, how old was Spielberg and John Williams? How old were they when they started this collaboration? They weren't children. Right. They were grown men. Experienced <clears throat> grown men. Okay? So, because they're... Way grown men now, right? Okay, they're not my age, but they're coming up behind me. Uh, so, you've got lots of time yet for for you to hit on that one thing that just pulls you inside out and 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 thrills you to the point where you can't wait to get up in the morning and do it. Okay, and and when. That happens. You'll know it, and you'll be ready for it. You'll be able to do it. It will be something you have, will have been working your way towards, almost without realizing
5: it. Well, I look forward to it now, whatever it may be. Hmm? I say, I look forward to it now, whatever course, it may be. Of course, of
4: course. And that's that's why we try on different hats. That's why we we work at different things. That's why you know. It's like. When you were before you were married, you dated different girls, so you could find out what kind of a woman you wanted for your wife. right When you found her, you married her, okay. Unfortunately, you can't do that with your kids. <laughs> you pretty much get what you take or take what you get. but um, you know I mean you, you you do that with your work
5: right
4: with your you know, look at me. How many different jobs have I held? Since I started, I started my very first job when I was 16 in Arcadia, California. I went to work doing, I don't know what the hell I did for them, actually. Sort of bookkeeping, kind of, for the Singer Sewing Company on Foothill Boulevard in Arcadia. Really? What the hell is that, you know? Um, I, uh, that was my first job. And it was, I don't know how long it lasted, you know, a little while. Um, I've done everything you can think of that's legal for work. Right. I've, I've, well, not everything. I, I've waited tables, haven't cooked, haven't chefed anywhere, which is probably a blessing. Um, I can cook, but not that good. Um, you know, I've, um, I've done bookkeeping. I've, taught school i've played guitar all these things for a living professionally okay i've um what the hell else have i done I've, i've done all kinds of different jobs and and nothing ever pulled my guts inside out more than when i started writing and i didn't start that till what how long ago when did I start really start writing? I mean, yeah, I've written some things. I wrote right. in in college when I went back to college at the age of fifty. In my uh, English lit class, I wrote an essay that got a fifty-dollar prize and and uh, second prize notice in in the, the college printed uh, writers club book thing, you know. Um, but. That wasn't necessarily writing.
5: So what about six years ago,
4: when I seriously started writing?
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, well, it, you know, it sort of started with Orange Cat because that's when I hooked up with you, right? So to speak, uh, was with Orange Cat, but that was too- that quickly developed into. Uh, the Convict Volumes.
5: Now, was that 7 or 08?
4: God, I don't know.
5: I think... Let me. Let me You're
4: better at remembering that than I am.
5: Let me patch this through in my hand real fast. Now, Mario... Mario was still just editor-in-chief of comics, right? I think so. So that was 08. Okay, he because he was editor-in-chief during 08. So...
4: 09... Terry was still there... Terry was still working. Was he? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh-huh. Terry was still working, and so was... um. Who's that one girl that you published?
5: Oh, the, Ellen Mercer?
4: Uh, yeah, yeah. She was still working. Okay. So, whenever that was.
5: Okay, let me back up, because that... Greenhouse Murders came out in 2007 okay so it was 2007 he was just going into becoming editor in chief because somewhere in, in the midst of 2007 he became because originally I hired him as the PPC mm-hmm. which is print coordinator mm-hmm. and then he became editor in chief so say two, well, let's say 2007 so 2007, 2008 2009, 2010 11, 12, 13 so I was right, almost 6 years about 6
4: years, yeah and, and when I discovered, through you, really, that I could write, I mean, like I said, I'd written a couple of things. So, yeah, I know how to put paper in a, in a typewriter, so to speak, and bang out the words. Right. But that's not writing. Uh, when, I, when I found out, I could, I could turn myself inside out on paper. that was when i knew that's what i want to do and i'm 72 now so you may not get you may not find out for a long time yet but but when you like i like here i am now and i'm prepared okay for this right because of the 72 years that have gone through me so to speak I have come to this point equipped. I have experience, knowledge, language skills, technical skills, a heart and soul that have developed over this length of time I've been on this earth. So I I have become this person that I am now. So you you know it just I'm a late bloomer what can I tell you <laughs> it may take you that much time it may not you may uh, you may turn the corner in in 2 years 3 years and and go wow who knew you know until you until you travel through the options life presents you how do you know when you're there where you want to be
5: right I think I should put in... What's our
4: that, time doing, by the way?
5: Uh, we're at 50. <laughs> okay. Um, I should put in also that I'm still writing. I haven't yeah, put you, writing. Yeah, I still exactly. write. Right.
4: And I don't think you'll ever stop that either. I don't think you'll ever stop that, and I don't think you'll ever stop the illustrating because that's something you, you like to do just because you like to do it. Right. And, and those two things I don't see you stopping that. And 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 that may be it. That may be the, the, the thing that you keep coming back to, keep coming back to, keep coming back to.
5: Is the writing and drawing. Is the
4: writing and drawing. And, and the more you have to say, the better you're able to say it, the more you'll want to say it. You know, because uh, and, uh, and it's funny for me, and I'm pretty sure for you, it really doesn't have anything to do with whether or not there's anyone out there to read it. Right. That's uh, Anybody out there that, that's listening to this who writes, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about when, when I say the writing you do because you have to, not because you think somebody wants to read what you've written. Anybody who's writing for that reason stop now and go do something else because you're writing for the wrong reasons.
5: <laughs> you write for yourself.
4: You write. You write because you can't do anything else. You write because it's in there and it needs to get out and it needs to get said and it needs to get said the way you know it should be said. And, and whether or not anyone ever reads it, um, I don't. I don't have any idea how many people will ever read. My book, at this point, it doesn't look like it'd be a whole lot. But I know that that even without Tina telling me and a lot of people telling me, it it was the thing I, I had to do. And I didn't really realize that I had to do it until I started doing it. And then I couldn't stop.
5: Realize how important it was. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you start your, your own publishing brand... <laughs> okay. I have one request. Okay. And that request is name your publishing brand, uh-huh. when in Burbank Printing.
4: <laughs> well,
5: I, I think that's only, that's that's perfect.
4: That may be possible, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, Sadie Burbank, Win in Burbank Printing. Yeah, that could happen. That could happen. Hadn't thought that far, obviously, because we just talked about it tonight, but. Yeah
5: Well I want to thank you For letting me just ramble Because you know I, I Before we even started recording I was like talking about our New Year's recording And me just kind of rambling on Because I always try to let you Because f- for me I think you bring more valid More knowledge to the table Than what I do on, on things So I try to let you speak as much as possible
4: Only on some things There are some things I don't know shit about That you know <laughs> way more about than I do
5: but tonight is one of those things where I just I kinda rambled and rambled and rambled and I appreciate it.
4: That's okay. Like I said, this is our podcast, not mine. So.
5: True. All right, folks, that's it for this week. I'm David K. Montoya.
4: And I am S. Sadie Burbank. And that was Cody. <laughs> well, it wasn't really. It was David <laughs> pretending to be Cody. Who, who did fall asleep, by the way, now that it doesn't matter anymore.
5: <laughs> yeah, really. So remember, folks, what happens in Burbank ends up on a podcast. Good night. Good night. See you next week. So,
2: so it begins Jay Zomon. Now, our audio podcast would be a lot different if it was in a book form. That is true. So it is fortuitous of a, for us. Look at you. Did you buy a thesaurus or something? I did. That's what it is. I okay. Said, I, I found one. At a thrift shop, so I was looking, what is this? And then I started perusing the pages. Teheseras? Yeah. It's a Teheseras. Yes. I thought it was a Tesseract. Like, yeah. It was almost like a Necronomicon. Yeah. But it didn't bite me. It did have a (laughs) human skin cover, though. Really? Which is really weird for a thesaurus. Yeah, that is, actually. Hmm. Makes you wonder. Yes, it does. And you've been using words out of this thesaurus? Yeah. Dude. Oh. Ratu, you, Nick, to necktie. necktie, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Say the words, Ratu, damn it. Ratu, Ratu. <laughs> See, now we have started the zombie apocalypse. Jody Harris can get off now. No, no, it's too late. She's oh, already she in the system. used self defense. That's yeah. right, stupid, stupid. Always go zombie. Yeah, all right. So, what are we going to go to next while we're waiting for the zombies to unearth themselves? <laughs> we're going to boobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> boobs. Oops. Sorry. There is a story out about that lady that has three boobs now. She says she did it to make herself ugly. She obviously does not know what men like. Nope. Nope. I'm nope. sorry. She she must not deal with any males at all. I am going to destroy this bowl of ice cream by putting chocolate sauce on it. <laughs> no one will ever touch it then. <laughs> or look at it and go, <laughs> that's the worst thing you could possibly do to ice cream. What were you thinking? Oh, anyway, this one is, don't get us started, number eight, entitled Boobs, Boobs, and More Boobs. Oh, nice segue. Yes. In honor of October being Breast Cancer Awareness Month, hey, we're almost to October. Who knows? This episode could broadcast in October. (laughs) Quite possibly. Damn it. Pull back the curtain again. Okay. (laughs) Sadie and Lacey talk about the importance of having a mammogram. (laughs) All I can think about is Facebook, where they had those little marshmallows with graham crackers, and it's called a mammogram. <laughs> Not the same thing, I don't think. I keep going, I'm done. <laughs> Okay. <I> keep <laughs> then they get into a long list of names people have given their breasts. Mine are Bill and Ted. <laughs> okay, let's get on with the boobs. Here we go. <laughs>
4: Hi everybody and welcome. I am S. C. D. Burbank, and I am Lacey Montoya. And thanks for listening to Don't, Don't get, a get Us Started. Well, today is uh, October second, yes. I believe. If if this podcast goes up as expected, it will be October second. October second, which makes it the second in thirty one days of Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Yes. And I want to begin before we say anything else by reminding all our listeners that breast cancer is not only a disease for women. No, or it's of also women. for men. Men, uh, as well as women, unfortunately, are subject to breast cancers. Uh, not, I don't believe in, in the same numbers. I believe that it, uh, it's more prevalent is in, for in women than men, but Uh, In any case, uh, this is not just a women's issue, it's a men's issue as well. And we want to, probably off and on throughout the month, we're not going to dwell on it the whole month, but throughout the month we're going to remind all of you to um, take whatever steps uh, you're able to to uh, prevent uh, or make yourself aware of uh, breast cancer in your body.
6: You can also check out your communities and a lot of people, a lot of doctor's offices do free.
4: Yes, a lot of doctor's offices will do free. A lot of clinics will do free uh, mammograms. A lot of uh, county clinics or uh, health facilities offer uh, preventative uh, diagnostics such as mammograms yes. uh, on a free or a limited income cost basis. So if you are in that category, we don't want you to feel like you're not able to protect yourself. Mammograms are not infallible, uh, but uh, they are definitely a step ahead of not having any diagnostic tests done. Uh, it's possible that uh, mammograms uh, or the reader of a mammogram certainly can make errors. We're not uh, saying that all the uh, doctors or uh, clinicians who interpret mammograms are uh, infallible. Uh, they're not, but for the most part, um, breast mamma- mammography has been proven to be a very important step in the protection of uh, Early individuals uh, in, in early yeah especially early uh stage breast cancers i myself have had mammograms um on a pretty regular basis ever since uh the early 80s when i uh had a mammogram and it discovered a uh what they at that time called a a calcification he called it the doc uh-huh. called it and i go uh dude You know, I'm a big girl. If, if you think it's a lump, you can say lump. Right. You know, I'm not afraid of the L word. And he said, well, we really don't know what it is. And we call them calcifications. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And so I said, well, what do you have to do to find out what it is? And he said, well, we have to, uh, sample. So they have to do a
1: biopsy? Yeah, they
4: had to do what they, at that time, this was in, um, I want to say between 80 and 85. Okay. Um, they did what they called a needle locator biopsy so they put a needle in your breast they 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 took it took me in and they had me under a fluoroscope which is like um an x-ray in real time oh, okay. sort of and you can uh they the doctor can um see what's going on well first what they did was they put the needle in to so that the so that it pointed basically, to the lump. Okay. Okay. And then they went in uh, at a right angle to that needle okay. with uh, a device that extracted so it's got some like of the lump. I, right. Okay. And, and, uh, and all this is on a very small basis, tiny, tiny needle, tiny, tiny thingamajig, right. you know, the whole thing. When I was all done, I had like two little pinpricks on it, and I was... Um, I was given a happy pill, and I was awake, but I was also given a local anesthetic, so there okay. was no pain involved and all that. And they—they, they, I actually saw the picture of the device going in, and it sort of intersected with the needle, so it almost like
6: gave it a stopping point yes, for the other exactly needle to, did that. to grab. It, okay,
4: and the needle was in, and the the device came in and met the ne- the nose of the needle, as okay. you, as it were. And grabbed a little sample and took it back out and then, um, that was it. I was done and then yeah, they took of it off the to the pathology and it took three days for the results. Three very long days. Oh, yes, very. I'm but sure. it wasn't, uh, a situation where they were highly suspicious of anything necessarily, mm-hmm. but it was there. We did need to know. I wanted right. to know. Yes. As it turned out, fortunately, it was a, a negative uh, result. So it was benign, good. and that was that was good, and it put my mind at rest. Interestingly, when I um, was on the, the table waiting for the surgeon to come and do his thing, he came in to greet me and say, hi, I'll be your doc today and like that. And he was uh, palpating my breast, feeling it, uh, to sort of locate... Actually, it was this breast, my right breast, um, to to see if he could locate the thing they were going to check on, you okay. know. And, and I asked him, I said, <clears throat> I said let, me, <laughs> let me ask you a question, Doc. I said, can you feel that? Can you feel anything in there? And he said, well, no, not really. He said, you have a lot of fiber in your breasts. And... They're kind of lumpy anyway. Right. And so, yeah, it's it's not so, possible to feel. So I said, well, then tell me, why am I doing um, breast self-exam? Yes. And he said, well, in your case, it might not be necessary because by the time you would feel anything extraordinary, it would be so large. Because your breasts are large. That be- well, no, because not because they're large, but because they're lumpy. Uh, it would, it's like trying to feel a different grape in a bag of grapes, so to speak. And so that would kind of be difficult to do. Uh, so he said, that's why mammography is very important for you because you can't really feel anything but lumps in your breast and you can't freak out every time you feel a lump because that's all your breasts are is lumpy. Mm-hmm. and uh, and I realize, of course, that a lot of ladies are in the same boat. A lot of men, too. There's a lot of men with large I mean, I'm big chests, breasted. and they're lumpy.
6: And if there's something in there, I don't really feel lumpy, but my breasts are so big. And if it's in the middle, I ain't gonna feel nothing. Well,
4: and, and they do tell you when you do breast self-exam, you, you should lie on your back and put your arm up. And so your breast sort of pools against your chest. Or least, And, and, yeah, or, (laughs) or falls on the floor, depending. Uh, but you know, and then you're supposed to feel around. And, uh, you also are supposed to, to feel your lymph. Uh, gland, lymph mm-hmm. nodes uh, underneath your arm and just generally feel up underneath your arm to see if there's anything unusual there. And I have done that in the past and sometimes I feel a funny bump and then I'll go, what's that you know and then I'll go over to the other side in the same and, spot and there's one there and I go, okay well then that isn't anything because right. that's one thing cancer doesn't do it, it does not grow itself. bilaterally. Equally. That is, it doesn't grow on each side in the same spot in the same way. So right. if you've got bumps on both sides, You're it's good. probably nothing to worry about. In any case, if you prefer to do breast self-examination, there is all kinds of information available everywhere as to how to properly do it, including anything you might want to find online. They also suggest that a lady stand... And look at herself in the mirror, look at her breasts in the mirror with her arms up, with her arms up to the side, with her arms down, and see the shape of your breasts. You should know in your relation, body. Right, in relation to, uh, to your chest and neck and so on, so that you can see if there's a distortion appears over time in the way your breasts hang. And let's face it, honey, they all hang. Uh-huh. Um, some not more than others, but some a lot more than others. Um, and, and if there's, if there, over time, if you see something looking strange, mm-hmm. then that's when you want to investigate. Either you or your doctor or a friend, if, if you have a friend who can help, or, uh, your, your physical mate can, uh, maybe help, you know, by saying, yeah, that looks just like it has for 30 years, right. or, gee, I don't know, honey, that looks a little weird to me. Uh, let me see, let me feel whatever. Right. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of breast cancer survivors survived cancers that were found by their intimate associates. So it's it's reasonable to to have that sort of help. Just someone else getting a different perspective right. on it. Don't wait until it hurts because that's too Please, late too late. Uh, and, and this is, this is how you can help yourself know your body. Like Lacey says, we need to know our bodies and the, the years of, uh, of body shyness, um, hopefully have gone. I hope so. At least for most of us. I know there are still probably a lot of people out there who shudder at the thought of actually looking at their bodies in a mirror um and and i want to encourage well, do
6: because i'm not the sexiest thing in the mirror well, but you're not looking for that i'm looking for <laughs> it's not what you're looking for right you're not
4: looking to look like barbie you're looking oh, to make no. sure that you have uh, a healthy body yes. and so that's what we want to encourage uh our listeners to do take a minute and check yourself out if you can't bring yourself to do that then go to your doctor and ask your doctor uh to help you with Such an exam, and they should be very happy to. If they're not, get another doctor. Yes. Uh, So, anyway, uh, that's what we want to spend some time each uh, broadcast this month encouraging people to do.
6: They, when you went and called for me, they don't recommend.
4: Oh, yeah, I called because Lacey Lacey told me that uh, your
5: maternal grandmother
4: and aunt aunt. Uh, on your mother's your mother's yes. sister, right, your yes. mother's sister? Uh, had my mother's both, sister
6: and my mother's mother.
4: Okay, had both passed from breast cancer. And uh, so that made me very concerned because you haven't had a mammogram no. yet. You're 36 years old. Yes. And... Uh, fixing to be 37. And soon to be 37, yes. And uh, as you said, you have large breasts. Uh, not that that concerned me, but you do have... And I had asked you, have, you know, had you had your mammogram this year yet? And, uh, I found out you had not ever had a mammogram. And, uh, and then you had told me, well, they said you don't have to get one until you're 40. And I said, even when it runs in your family. And you said, I don't know. So I did some investigating and I called, um, a branch of the American Cancer Society and spoke with a uh she's not a nurse but she was a, a I don't want to say licensed but a designated counselor for okay. uh breast cancer awareness issues and she said that if it is a first degree family member which so. is mother sister or daughter okay then you are considered an at risk Patient. Okay. If it's not one of those three, it doesn't um, have to be all of them, but if it is not one of those three, then that's not first degree and therefore is not considered at risk, nor is it necessary to have uh, a mammogram before the age of 40. Okay. So that was good news for Very us because, news because right now you're in between insurances, as right. we like to say. And uh, getting a mammogram would have been uh, financially it's always set in the
6: back of my head.:
4: Right, would have been financially difficult. Yes. And it was also getting increasingly difficult to find an organization that really, truly did free mammograms. Right, because the lady
6: I called, it was supposed to be free. She right. asked me for my insurance. I said, "Well, I don't have insurance right now." And she goes, "Well, you, you don't need one until you're 40." Yeah. And I'm like it was supposed to be if free. You, if
4: you had insurance would it would the answer have been different? Uh, I wonder. I think so. Uh and and so you got to kind of you it know upset me because it was
6: advertised as a free
4: yeah, mammogram. Yeah, it was. It was. However, we never did check out the county. I did get information from this well, one and from her, she we said go to the county and I myself had done that and I remember getting a mammogram from them at no cost right. so it is it is possible you just have to really tie them down pin them down to the facts and find out for sure call them and if ask they're, them if they're
6: truly free or not because when I called she asked me what insurance I had and it's like well yeah. it's supposed to be free well yeah. it wasn't free yeah.
4: so if 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 that is an issue for you please don't just take no for an answer the first time you get no Keep going. Keep looking. Because
6: there is services that are free.
4: Ask your friends. Ask um, your business uh, associates, if you know them well enough, to uh, broach the subject with them. uh, If they know of somewhere where you can get a free or low-cost mammograms. Now, a lot of times, mammograms are not as expensive to... Uh, low income families as they are to others. Uh, You can get them for as little as $45, which is a lot of money, but it's a lot cheaper than $95, which is what a a lot lot of other people pay. So to pay
6: the forty five dollars instead of thousands and millions of dollars for treatment. It
4: truly is. Uh well and it's it's better you're better off paying the forty five dollars than suffering uh with breast cancer. So it's not pretty. Uh if you uh if you want, we could offer several suggestions to make you feel better about spending the forty five dollars, such as cut back on your cigarettes, don't get so many uh Starbucks, eat uh fewer hamburgers. Um don't go to the movies as often. Stay home and don't drive your car so often. Let's see. What else do we spend money on that we can get by without? At least long enough to pay for the $45 for a mammo. Right. Now, then there's the other thing a lot of ladies say. <laughs> I'm right here with you. They hurt. I don't like to have my tits squashed. I don't like to have a mammogram. It hurts. Yeah, it does. If it, there is, it It's not fun. It isn't fun at all. Uh, and I don't even know how they do them on men. Or if they do. I don't know how they test men for breast cancer, but men, you can find out for yourselves, okay? Uh, you'll have to That's ask your doctor, question. but I really don't know. Maybe we could Google it sometime and find out and we can have that as another topic on yeah. one of our other shows. I'll make a note. Okay, good. But, um, in the meantime, yes, having, um, having a mammogram is painful. There, I said it. But it lasts, Five minutes altogether, maybe, for both breasts. Okay. Okay. Um, I have fortunately never had breast cancer or any other kind of cancer, but I guarantee it lasts a lot longer than five minutes. Yeah. And hurts a hell of a lot more. Yeah. So, like I used to tell my children when they were little and didn't want to be inoculated because the shot hurt. Right. Shut up and be glad there's something can be (laughs) done about it because... It didn't used to always be that way. Right. Alright. So, yeah, it hurts. But so do a lot of things. And, uh, you know, just find your way to get your kicks about it. If, if no other way, just tell yourself, uh, I'm doing the right thing. I'm getting this test done. If you've never had a mammogram before, it, uh, <clears throat> it will be an interesting experience for you. But it's usually done very tastefully by a, uh, A technician who is very sensitive to your moments of embarrassment and your pains and so on, the machine's a little cold, she'll lift up your breast and she'll hold it in a position and crank this little plastic thing down that holds your breast there and it squashes it down, which is why I call it the tit smasher rather than the mammography machine. And uh, and that's the part that hurts is when they crank that puppy down because it just really it's like taking mm-hmm. your breast and smashing it between two pieces of plastic. They is have to get a is.
6: picture of it, it's-
4: and they they have to do it that way because they get a clearer picture of what's going on inside your breast. Uh, and they do it in two or three different positions per breast, and then you're done. And so it's like I said, it lasts maybe five minutes. It's not that big a deal. With technology nowadays, and you think there would be a, 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 a I know I used, painful way. I keep saying, you know, if men had men had tits like uh-huh. we do, we'd have better mammography machines. Uh-huh. But uh the fact of the matter is they apparently this is pain. as good as they can do. Now I've been told I'm I have my appointment for later this month and I or yeah, later this month, and I have been told that the uh facility I'm going to has the new digital uh mammography oh. machines and i assume that means digital readout of the the information i really don't know what a digital ma- i don't know but, but the, the lady I, the tech did can't tell, tell me you, yeah or nay, if you got anything i know the lady did tell me but that doesn't change how the how it's done and it still hurts uh-huh. so uh, while the readout may be better uh more effective uh, clearer to understand or whatever uh the, the fun part's still there. So I wonder so, if your
6: results go right there to a doctor and to be read, or whoever you reads wonder, them. You wonder what? I wonder if whoever reads the the mammogram report, uh-huh. if you get an instant yay or nay, if you're good or go-
4: No, you don't get an instant, but uh, actually with the facility I go to, by the time I get home, it's on It's on my um my portion of their web page mm-hmm. is the result of the of the mammography is oh. is there, and then they send you a follow up letter also. Okay. So it's really a very good facility for that purpose. However, that's not always the case. in In other cases, it may take up to two weeks sometimes yeah. to get the information back. But uh, you know, if you don't have if you if you're what we call asymptomatic, if you have no symptoms you didn't feel a lump, and you don't feel anything, then it's just another two weeks down the road. And so you just wait and get your letter, and the letter will come, and it'll say, uh, we're happy to say that there was nothing found, and blah, blah, blah. Now, there have been instances where ladies have contracted breast cancer following clean mammograms. That is, mammograms that they were told, no, there's nothing there. As I said once before, these uh, the individuals that read these are not necessarily infallible. They make mistakes for whatever reasons. So if you, if you have a mammogram and it says everything's fine, and let's say three or four months down the road you notice a change. Go get it checked out. Go get it checked out again. Tell your doctor that you noticed this change and that you had a clean mammogram before but you're concerned. And I cannot imagine that you know a doctor who would say, Oh, don't worry about that till next year. Yeah if you I do get a different doctor you a quack. If, if you do get another doctor. You don't ever want to have a doctor who says, Oh, don't worry about that, it's okay. Especially if it's a male doctor because they don't fucking care. Mm-hmm. But Oh, I said that out loud, didn't I? <laughs> okay, sorry. Anyhow, um no, if you if you I don't want to go on about this and belabor the point, but we need to all be our own patient advocates. If we sense something is wrong, we need, we need to get someone to investigate it for us. If it's a medical issue, we need a doctor who's willing to investigate for us. Because your doctor is
6: not a mind reader. No,
4: and he is not perfect himself. So, if you tell your doctor, look, this hurts. See this, this thing here? It hurts. And he goes, oh, don't worry about that. You know uh, that if that doesn't feel right to you, get a second opinion. Right. Just like I also tell my patients a lot. if I'm a retired respiratory therapist, and I used to tell my patients all the time, get a second opinion if you're concerned about a good report from right. your doctor, too. You know, we tend to when the doctor says. Everything's wonderful. We tend to go, oh, thank God, I'm so glad. Forgetting that, again, the doctor could make a mistake, and it's sometimes a good idea to get a second opinion about a good report as well as a negative. So, again, without belaboring the point, we just want to bring uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month to your awareness and encourage all of you to... Check yourselves out. Have yourselves checked out. Uh, So if they're saying... Don't play ostrich with your health. Don't stick your head in the sand and say, Oh, everything's wonderful. I'm only 20, so I'll be okay. But that's where I was
6: getting to go. So if mom, sister, or daughter does not have breast cancer, the starting age to get a mammogram
4: is 40? That's what they're telling people right now. Uh, Because of the fact that this this does involve radiation, x-rays... It is a, a form of x-ray, mm-hmm. just like a chest x-ray or if you x-ray fall down and break and your leg and you get an x-rayed or whatever. Uh, mammography is a form of x-ray, and they don't want people to have more x-rays than Necessary. they absolutely have to because those uh, there's, uh, I don't know what they are, but there's things in the x-ray that don't go away. They stay in your body forever. And you have to be care, or at least for a long time, and you have to be careful of the accumulation of those. That's why x-ray technicians wear badges that show how much radiation Radiation. they have received in the last uh, X number of days or weeks or whatever since they put the badge on, and they can keep an eye on it and make sure there's not too much. Now, don't hold me to the wall about the how whether that stuff stays in your system and how long and all that stuff. All I know is they don't want you to have too much radiation over a period of time because it's not good for you. Right. So that's why they're saying, unless you're an at-risk patient, you don't need to have a mammogram no, until you're 40. Again, if you have any indication... That something is amiss, go to your gynecologist or your family physician or whoever it is who handles your medical care and discuss it with them. They are the ones that are supposed to be able to help you figure things out. And the breast or the um, American Cancer Society has lots and lots of people who are available for uh, and to answer questions or to give you guidance, if you have access to a computer in any way—your own or one at the library, or a Wi-Fi at the Starbucks or whatever—you, however, you can go online. You can investigate a lot that way too. Yes, and you can teach yourself a lot. Probably all you really need to know about the basics about. Breast cancer. Yeah, because you just you can teach yourself off of the computer. Um, if self you,
6: breast breast yeah,
4: breast exam, and they'll give you a a chart yeah, telling you how to do it. A, a how to. Yes. And and probably videos. YouTube probably has videos they have videos of a lot of other things that i never thought they would have videos of so who knows they probably have videos of that as well i'm sure they do um, and just be just be careful when you do go to websites make sure that they're a qualified medical research website don't go to i i know somebody that had breastcancer.com go no. go to webmd right. or the mayo uh clinic uh, .com or some such place as that uh to get your information don't uh, american cancer society is is a good one to go to and i think that's uh amca.org or something like that or maybe it's just american cancer i don't know but you can find it it's if i can find it you can find it it's not that hard it just takes wanting to find it so like i said don't don't play ostrich with your with your health now let's have some and fun stick your head in the sand yeah we're gonna have some fun uh, today, because we thought we, in keeping with the breast uh, awareness theme, I decided that I would, uh, for for an interest factor alone, on my behalf, I wanted to know how many nicknames I could find for breasts. Ah! And I asked my husband. My husband's Japanese American, and I asked him. I said, "What do Japanese kids call breasts?" Right. He said, as far as he knew, Chi Chi's. That's right. what, that's what he only remembered as a kid. And it wasn't because he was Japanese, because lots of kids call him Chi Chi's. Yes. That's a, um, very common yes. nickname for breasts. And I said, okay, well, that doesn't help much. So I downloaded, I actually found a website, uh, World's Most Complete List of Nicknames for the Feminine Breast. This is headed. And it's, um, Let's see, com. okay? I don't know anything more about it than that. Me this is either. from the Ross, the Ross, R-O-S-S, the Ross Show Archives, world's most complete list of nicknames for the female breast. Now, this is some 12 pages long, and trust me, I am not going to read the whole thing, I think it's actually more than twelve pages. Yeah, that's
6: like a and there, uh, half of a novel yeah, over there. Yeah, and there,
4: there are some names in here that I I I can't believe that that anybody put this in in this <laughs> list. I mean, there are some things in here like there's uh, where the hell is this one? Um, hang on, shock absorbers. Okay, really? I sort of get I sort of get that. Um, assets. Now, who would call breasts assets? Well, actually, maybe somebody now paid that a I lot of money for it, them. Now that I think about it, yeah. Uh, hmm. Artisans? Uh, no, not so no. much. Okay, so that's an example of some of the ones that I saw that I think. Ah. Okay, we have got Abbott and Costello. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> and and I've actually uh I've actually seen pictures of breasts that kind of look like Abbott and Costello. (laughs) (laughs) One's a little on the long side, and one's a little chubby round Uh one, and, you know, airbags. Okay. Now, here's one that I can't, I I don't get at all, and and maybe our listeners in Alaska can tell me what it means. Alaskas. I don't know. I don't get it. All Day Suckers, of course. Oh, yeah. Um, Angel Cakes. Never heard that one before. Ant Bites. I thought that was kind of cute. Because I remember I had a girlfriend who had very small breasts, uh-huh. and she said they looked like mosquito bites to her. <laughs> so I get that. I, I never to. had that problem. I s- Sorry, yeah, guys. No, I never did either. And we discussed assets, um, and like I said, now I think of yeah, it, somebody paid for them. B fifty twos. Backbreakers, and we, oh, both, yeah. we, both, we both can identify with that. Yes. As we were talking yesterday, what was it you said that you used to call a Brazier? Oh, my over-the-shoulder boulder holder. Yeah, and my dad used to call them double-barrel slingshots. <laughs> so, there you go. Men have such a sixth sense of humor. Uh, yeah, senses. they win it if they had to carry them. Baby feeders. Yeah. Baggies. Or Saggies. Or what is Saggies? Saggies, for sure. Balloons. Balubas. Balubas. Barnes and Noble. I like that one. I think that's, that's, that's kind of cute. I like that. I think that's very cute. I don't know if Barnes and Noble would think it's all that cute, but I did. Bazongas. Bazongas. bean Beanbags. Ben and Jerry. I like that. <laughs> and Bert and Ernie. I like that, too. I think that's that's really good. Uh, big bazooties, and I suppose little bazooties, uh-huh. too, would be happening. Big, birth, big berthas, big boppers, big brown eyes. <laughs> I get that. Uh, I'm not sure about big foot radials. I don't quite get that. Uh, Maybe she
6: stepped on them.
4: Yeah, bikini stuffers could be.
6: I don't know. I hid a lot of stuff in my bra when we went to Ozfest one year. You did what? I hid a lot of stuff in my bra. Did you? I've
4: never been able to hide much yeah, I in my bras.
6: Yeah, I had two disposable cameras <laughs> and three <laughs> or four bottles of um, 99 Bananas. What's what's 99 Bananas? They're little um, shots. I don't know.
4: They're about this big. Like what when are, you get in a motel oh, like, room, like five-minute drink, yeah, five-hour drink, or whatever they call that it. Just about
6: that size, but it's alcohol. Oh, 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 okay. Snack it go. into Ozfest.
4: Okay, okay.
2: And now a word from our
7: sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18, but with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Roberts Field Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank,
0: Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, badder, better. Sign up and become a member and receive 10-50% to off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt, or non-members, pick up one of our ebooks for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger. Badder. Better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart. Or find us on Facebook for extra savings. Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one-to-two-minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra $10, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions contact our ad department at info at jayzaman.com.
4: Okay, we got blouse bunnies. That's kind of cute. You know, as, as I was... Printing this thing out, looking at page after page after page, I, it occurred to me. Uh, I don't know what what goes on in somebody's head that they have to have a nickname for the breasts in the first place. But I, I don't think know. it's probably I the just... man. I suppose, yeah, because, well, Name, I don't know. if I him? If I was going to nickname my breasts, I would call them, what would I call them? Pain's, I call mine the twins. I call mine the pain in the ass because they are. But anyway, uh, let's see. Blast Moneys we did. Bodacious Tatas. <laughs> um, that sounds like a naughty movie. Yeah, it Bolt-ons. I don't get that because they don't bolt on. No. You know, maybe if they, maybe if you were, uh, what's his face, Frankenstein's monster, <laughs> maybe, maybe then, bonbons, okay, bonkers, yeah, uh-huh. boobage, yeah, I get that, boobalicious, boobers, boobies, boobs, all in the boob area, and I, I, I call them boobs, I, I suppose, a lot, and I don't know why, what, where did boobs ever come from, I, I wonder, know. I don't, I don't, I don't quite get that one, but then that's okay. Bookends, that's kind of <laughs> appropriate. Book rests, definitely. Book rests, baby rests, plate yeah, rests. Yeah, my, my kids You can had actually a balance a plate on my tits, uh-huh. you know, if you're just careful about it. You can balance a plate right there. Not so much a cup or a drink, but boom, boom, rockets. <clears> <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Uh, bosom buddies, for yeah. sure. Bosoms, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and funny, because bosom has been such an acceptable nickname over over the last 100 or 200 years. It's been an acceptable uh, term for a woman's chest. I think bosoms was even more acceptable than the word chest for a long time. Uh. And I'm not sure where bosoms came from, to tell you the truth. It would be interesting. We subscribe on... um, on our computer to this wordsmith, word-a-day thing, and it it puts up a word, usually something fairly obscure, and then it shows you how to pronounce it, how to spell it, and all that kind of stuff, and then it tells you the origin of the word. Okay. Which is kind of fun. Right. You know. Um, I don't know whether they have bosoms on there or not, but it would be sort of... Would be write it down and we
6: can investigate it yeah
4: it would be uh, I'll make a big circle around where is it bosoms I'll make a big circle around that and a question mark and we can look it up uh, but this being October it would be a good month yes. I wonder if Google will have a breast cancer awareness because uh, I mean it's perfect with the two O's for Google they could totally yeah, make like boobs out of those but... and put a little pink ribbon on I wonder if they've thought about that I don't know well, if anybody works for Google, and then they would have to put a black bar on it because it want to be appropriate. You can have that. <laughs> you can you can have that idea for free. I'll let mm-hmm. you have that one. But they'd have to put the black bar on it. What black bar? You know, when they see a nudie shot,
6: they have a the black bar
4: across the chest. Oh, for the nudeness. Uh-uh, yeah, uh-huh. well, they could do that. They could still pull that off. <laughs> or they could put it in like a bikini top or some such things. Boulders, I've heard of boulders. Yes. Um, Bouncing Bettys. Boy Bait. The Boys. That's interesting. The Aww. Girls, yes. But yeah. The Boys. Bra Buddies. Bra Busters. Bra Stuffers. Brad Pitts. <laughs> I like that. Braille for... <laughs> oh, shit. That's funny. Braille for Suck <laughs> I like that one. That's That's excellent. That's... Somebody was thinking there. That's really good. That's hilarious. <laughs> Braille for suck me. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> um, well, let's see. What else? Breakfast tray. Breast friends. Ah, uh, yark, yark. Ah, uh, cute. The restaurant. <laughs> um, let's see. Bre- Breasticles. All right. Instead oh. of testicles, and, here, and here's a really far out one. Breasts.
6: What's that?
1: I've never heard of that
4: <laughs> one before. I know, huh? <laughs> really? Uh, let's see. What else have we got here? We're just in the bees already, and we're s- brown speckled pups. <laughs> well, that sounds like a particular response to what would you call them, uh-huh. you know, because in some cases it could be pink speckled pups or tan or lots of other different colors um, let's see bubbas bubbies bubble cups buds like little buds i guess bugs as in insects bugs yeah. bulbs as in uh, light bulbs flower bulbs i, I don't guess know they're
6: what because they're all different shapes and sizes
4: i guess Bumps, bumpers, bumps, and bumps in the night. <laughs> <laughs> Cute. Uh, bust, yeah, we've heard. Yeah. bust, Bust, busters, boost, bustiers, butter bags, butter balls. Butter bags? Uh, well, the bag thing is, they're called bags anyway sometimes, you know. Maybe that's where old bags comes from. Maybe. Mm. Cadillac bumpers. I told you about the guy that ran into our car one time with a, I called it a Dolly Parton bumper. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because it, it had two great big pointy things <laughs> coming out of its bumper. So yeah, I, I get that. Let's see. Cafe La Mama. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Calabazas. Calvin and Hobbs. I like the, I like the names, names. I think those are, those are kind of cool. Uh, let's see. Cantaloupes. Capital Domes. Car waxers. I get that. I totally get that. Because if you've ever... Wax on, wax off. (laughs) Yeah, if you've ever had to wash the car as a woman, you totally get that one. Uh, Let's see. Cassava melons. Chachas. Chachabingos.
1: I don't know. They get my way when I play bingo. (laughs) Awful lot.
4: awful lot... Of trouble to go f- to, to. Chalky Cliffs. That's kind of a stretch. Maybe if they're real, real pale white skinned. Maybe. Maybe then. Charlie's Angels. Cheek warmers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that works. Uh, chest hams. Nah. Chest meat. Nah. Chest ornaments. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> Chester Fields. This is cute. <laughs> Chesticles. I don't know about that one. Chestnuts. Got a lot of chest stuff. Chet flasted. Uh-huh. As in chest flatted, I guess. I don't know. Chet flasted. I don't get that. Me neither. Chi chis. This is the one that I asked Ernie. Right. And he said, yeah, Chi chis. Okay. Um, Chihuahuas. Chimichangas. I like chimichangas. But chimichanga
6: is a burrito and it's fried fried and it's it's rectangular.
4: Now I'm hungry. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Choo-choo's. Chalky nips. I don't know. (laughs) Jesus. Chumbawamba's. (laughs) Some of these are hard to pronounce. Circus tents. I don't get that. Clams. Clams? Uh, yeah. Hmm. Coconuts. Okay. Ha! Cold weather indicators. Oh, yeah. The headlights turn on. <laughs> uh, <com-brestibles. laughs> Comfort and joy. <laughs> uh, c- I don't get that one. I'm not even going to say it. Um hang on let's i had i didn't read all these first so i could mark the ones so i'm having to sort of edit as i'm going along here cowabunga's uh that's what uh clarabelle the clown used to say it was cowabunga was it clarabelle the clown some of you old broads let know. me know if it was clarabelle the clown, clown clown that used to say cowabunga i think it was
6: i just know it is a surfing term oh
4: Let's see, crumb catchers, yeah. Yeah, I have that problem. Cupcakes, cup runneth over cups. <laughs> That's a bit much. But I understand it. <laughs> yeah, curves, cushions, dadas, <laughs> Dactylic delights. I could almost see lactylic delights Yeah, I was going to say. Dairy. Dairy makers, dairy pillows, dandies, danglers, I don't <laughs> dangling participles. I don't know, Danny DeVito's. Danny DeVito's, come on. Davy and Goliath, David Duchovny's, you know why, David Duchovny. No. Oh, because there was a thing about him supposedly having to go to rehab because he has a Generously healthy sexual appetite. Oh. Right? Dead heat in the Zeppelin race. <laughs> Zeppelin is a blimp. Yes. For those I know. of you who don't know. Um that's funny, actually. Let's see. Oh my goodness, there's so much here. Devil's dumplings, ding dongs, dingers, dingies, dingle bobbers. Nah, that's,
6: that's that's going in the wrong
4: that's my boy terms. Well, I'm just telling you what I it know, says but here. They're... Dingle bobbies, dingle <laughs> bobbers, dingos, din- dinners, dirigibles, dirty pillows. Why dirty? I don't know. Yeah. Distributor caps. <laughs> Dolly Partons, yeah, of that. course, of course. Uh, domes, we did, I think we did domes already. Donkeys ears, doodads, doorbells. Donkey ears. Yeah, I don't know why. Doodads, doorbells, doorknobs, doozers, doozies, doppelgangers. That doesn't make any sense at all, because a doppelganger is somebody that looks like somebody, but they're not. No, it's not even that. It's worse than that. It's like somebody's evil twin sort of thing. Anyway, it doesn't apply. Well, and maybe at the... Longest stretch of the imagination, one could be considered the other's doppelganger, possibly. <laughs> but that's very vague. Let's see. Uh, double dribbles, double Ds, double treble, double whammies. All of those make sense. Yes. Dual airbags, dual floppies for sure. Uh, du- dueling banjos. <laughs> There's some French stuff in here that I don't speak French well, so we're going to skip over those. Dum dums, dumbbells, dumplings. The Dutch Alps. This this goes on. We're just in the D's now. I mean, and I like I said earlier to you, some of them aren't. There's no way I'm going to read all of these. Anybody that's real curious about all the different names, let's skip over here to the ends and see what we can find. We got Nin Nins, Ninnies, Ninny Jugs, ninth and tenth wonders of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Nippaloons, Nipellos, Nippers, Nipples, Nipple Caddies, Nipple Sundies, Nips, Nodes, Nodules, Noochies, Noogles, and Noonies. <laughs> okay. Uh, orbs, oranges, ostrich eggs, uh, pear, pair of problems. <laughs> I can agree with the pair of problems. <clears throat> uh, which, yeah, let's stop there for a while. We don't need to go on with this list. It's going to get boring to our listeners after a while. It's getting boring to me, and I'm reading them. <laughs> uh, but let's stop there for a second and talk about the fact that there are some of us for whom. Uh, having breasts is not the biggest thing in the world. Then, and, pun intended. Uh, and there are some of us who think that that's the uh, be all end all. Right. Uh, we know, we've all heard of, uh, you may be one out there, listener, who, uh, thinks she can't live unless she's a 36 double D. As a 42 double D, I'm here to tell you, yeah, you can. I would uh, in a heartbeat, I'd shrink myself down yeah. to a
6: thirty two double a yeah any
4: time um having large breasts is not, and I repeat not all it's cracked up to be if and especially if your desire to have large breasts is being uh prompted, let's say by a significant other in your life who may happen to be of the opposite sex, you want to think real hard before you subject yourself to carrying around 10 pounds or more of breast enhancement because, um, one, your clothes don't fit well. No. Two, there's no way to avoid the unpleasant, uh, what can I call it, Sweat factor. No. Uh, especially in the summertime, but mm-hmm. not limited to the summertime. Uh, the back pain? Back pain, shoulder gouging for holding up with the bra straps. Uh-huh. Now, a lot of people will say, well, if you had a properly fitting bra- brazier, you would not have that problem. Bullshit. And yeah, because I can't afford a properly fitting brazier. I am. And. I mean, I mean, I can't afford to have somebody fit me for a bra, okay, in the first place. In the second place, I have uh, a very rare skin condition called pemphigus, also known as Haley Haley's. And uh, among other things, what it does is it's a genetic uh, malformation or abnormality that prevents my skin from properly knitting. So, I'm literally thin-skinned. Right. So... When I have a bra, I don't care how, you know, how the ads always say, oh, it's all lacy and soft and uh-huh. cool like that. You know, it's soft. When you take that and you add moisture and heat mm-hmm. as the, as underneath your breasts and you, you rub raw. that back and forth on my skin, it doesn't take but a moment or two before my skin's gone. Right. And then we're down to red raw meat and ow. So... uh. I have told my husband many times, oh, to be flat-chested. I would give both tips to just mm-hmm. be flat-chested. I even went so far one time as to pursue uh, breast, what do they call it, de-augmentation or whatever. Um, uh, breast elimination, actually, was what I was sort of going for. Mammography, I guess you could call it. No, not mammography. mammo mamo what do they call it when they take your mammos off? I, I'm drawing a blank here all of a sudden mastectomy there you go thank you i even went so far as to consider a mastectomy like uh what's your face did not long ago um angelina jolie oh she uh, did yeah she did because in her case she had several first degree relatives okay so she was using that as plus recovery. i think she had herself tested and she has the the genes that they have associated with okay. breast cancer too so she chose to to face the whole thing head on and have a double mastectomy done, which I think is brave. very brave of her, and she had breast augmentation done at the same time, I guess. And you know, she like she looks really good, uh, but she doesn't have she's not subject now to breast cancer because of this, so that's cool. Uh, but in any case, um, see, she went right back to having tits again. I wouldn't do that if I could no. have them off. I'd leave them off. I, I'm I,
6: forty-two, triple D F, and if I can go oh, without yeah. them. Yeah, honey, I
4: yeah in a heartbeat in a oh, heartbeat yes. I would donate them if they you know uh-huh. like like you cut off your hair well, you know and donate it to tissue and skin up there uh-huh. and here they can have it for burn patients. Yeah, well, or just you know people that want breast augmentation. But see, the thing is about you know they got what rejection? They got to right. worry about rejection and shit. So yeah, but they could have my skin. Yeah, they fixed the skin thing. I don't think they have rejection with the skin thing anymore for burn patients. I don't patients. think so. I don't either. But anyhow. <laughs> I would totally, totally, totally do that. And I did actually go to a, uh, are you sure you want your tits cut off class, you right. know? And uh, the lady said, you can't do that because you're too fat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, really? Like, if I was skinny, I wouldn't give a shit because they'd be small and then it wouldn't fucking matter. But no, I had to, she actually said I would have to lose 50 pounds before I could have the surgery.
6: See, but here's the
4: good thing about that. See, at the time, I didn't know that I had this, this skin disease. See, my mom had pemphigus also, but, and I knew that, but I didn't know specifically it is hereditary. Uh, and so when I was having all these outbreaks underneath my breast Mm -hmm. where, where it was just like really painful and I, doctors kept saying, oh, that's a nasty yeast infection, you know, and, and I put, there isn't a yeast medication over the counter medication known to man that I haven't put on my breasts right. at one time or another trying to make it all better. None of it worked. And, and I didn't know that at the time. So when the woman said, no, we can't do the surgery on you till you lose 50 pounds, and that seemed insurmountable at the time, I went back to my doctor and I said, they won't cut them off. So, we got to find out what the fuck is going on with my skin. Right. So send me to a dermatologist, and that's where I was. After I told him, mother had pemphigus, and I told him and told him and told him. Finally, after about six weeks of trying every then fungal, did the other name? Well, yeah, he, he, he kept, Yeah, Haley, Haley. He kept uh, the. The dermatologist kept trying all these fungal creams and shit. And I kept saying, it's not fungus. I've tried everything. Oh, but these are prescription. You know, okay, whatever. So, I took pills. I did creams. And it, nothing worked. And right. finally, he tested me for Pemphigus. And he didn't do it in the beginning because it is so rare. It yeah. it actually is like one in, I don't know, three or four million people wow. get it. You know, it's You're really... Special. Yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> so, anyhow... um, if if I hadn't been told no by this woman right. I wouldn't have gone to the trouble of going to the dermatologist and found out, in fact, that I have this disease. That's so is that when you learned
6: it was hereditary?
4: Yeah. Okay. And and uh it what it is is my mother had it but my dad didn't but uh so I had a fifty percent chance of getting it. Okay. Uh and I Having, what about your having studied up on it, I found out that I'm a lot luckier than a lot of people because it hit me a lot later in life. Okay. And if my sons, and that's all I have, is two sons. Okay. If I If neither one of them becomes symptomatic with this disorder uh, while they're living, okay, and you know they're approaching their fifties, both of them. Uh, so far, so good. Knock wood. Then it will stop with them. It won't go on to my granddaughters. But if my grand, if my son who has children, has daughters, if he should contract or become symptomatic with this and not just be a carrier, then, then, um, then he will pass on to them. Okay, what age did you become symptomatic? Uh, 60, <clears throat> let me think, 60, 65. So the boys there. have a little bit, They've got well, a your little one more son who has children, they have a little, bit, a little more, more time. time. So, but, if they get past that point, and don't I hope have they it, don't have it because that's awful I really for hope they girls. don't have it i don't I hope they don't have it because I don't want them to be subjected to it, but I don't want my granddaughters yeah. to it's it's uh and as I said, investigating the disease online, I have seen that I am actually a very lucky uh sufferer if if you will, of this disease because uh I don't it have it as bad as a lot of people body. do. They have, uh, lesions on their backs, on their groin areas, and for men this is particularly difficult, um, for obvious reasons. Right, right. You know, so there are a lot of people who have it way, way, way worse than I do. Right. Uh, and on the other good news about it was that the doctor did come up with a, uh, an ointment, a cream that I can put on that helps to relieve and more quickly heal the, Outbreaks oh, as okay. they come on, uh, it doesn't stop them, but it heals them quicker. And, um, I also take doxycycline. I used to take tetracycline, but they okay. stopped making it. So I have to take doxycycline twice a day. And, um, and I have to take it with something to eat because it makes you barf if you don't. Oh, yeah. But you, you learn, you live, you go on. And it says so in the thing, you know. Take, right. take with food. Believe them. Anyhow. Um, I have to take that twice a day, and it controls it pretty well. Okay. Winter times are good. Summer times, not so much. Oh, yeah. You're more sweaty in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyhow, uh, so it was a good thing that they wouldn't do the mastectomy, because I would have done that, and I still would have had the problem. It might have cropped up somewhere else. Yeah. Plus, uh, it wouldn't have done a hell of a lot for my fibromyalgia. I got fibromyalgia when I had my knee surgery, so you know, have another surgery, get more fibro. What do you want? Mm. You know, so you're fucked either way. Yeah, damn you, like, um, if you don't. Well, we're probably getting really close to the end now, anyway, and or I imagine we are. Yeah. Lacey's keeping track of the time for us. Um, so that's my take on breasts and why I I rather not have them. Uh, but I got them. I'm stuck with them. As it turns out, it's probably a good thing, like I said, because I did find this disease process right. that I did know about, but I didn't think I had it. Because it did come on late in life. And you when know? did your
6: mom get it? When did she know?
4: Well, moms, actually when mother discovered it, or when they discovered mother had it. Uh, she was one of three known cases in in the world. Oh wow! Yeah, it's really rare. So there was no treatment Nobody, for her then. No, or. oh hell no! They didn't know what to do for. Oh. Her. They had to kill a rhesus monkey to do the diagnosis. I don't think they have to do that anymore. It has something to do with the rhesus monkey esophagus or something hmm. like that. But I remember her telling me that that that's she said I had to kill a monkey today to find out what's wrong with me. Oh. <laughs> but she was uh she was in her. Uh, early fifties, I think, when when she had that. Okay. And that was way back when. And like I said, she was one of three known cases. Wow. At the, see, they had doctors coming in from all over the country mm-hmm. to see her to look at her because it was it was so now, unusual. Now was it just
6: isolated like yours was, or did she have it
4: everywhere? Uh, hers pretty much was like mine. Okay. It was under the breast that she had the problem, and then uh, she also complained of. Of outbreaks along her shoulders, okay, uh, under her arms, and sometimes her groin so, area. So, uh,
6: pretty much were the heat heat yeah. places. and
4: and I remember her uh, she, poor, the poor woman suffered. So she went to so many people who didn't know anything about it, and and used her like a guinea pig. At uh-huh. one point, they told her it was because she was wearing nylon panties, and so the, one doctor told her not to wear panties. Well, that uh-huh. didn't help, but you know, she she did it. She went panty less for years. She said she Armando. thought it was kind of, she thought it was kind of fun because she'd go down the, walk down the street thinking, hi, hey, I don't have any panties on. <laughs> you know, okay. <laughs> hey, that was Mom. why can't I tell you? Now you know what's wrong with me. And then, uh, she had another doctor who told her that the outbreak under her arms was uh, a dye allergy. Because he asked her what color clothes she wears a lot. Well, she wore a lot of dark colors because she was a big girl. Right. So, you know, oh, well, and you must be allergic to navy blue dye or some shit. You know, whatever. They didn't know. You know, they really didn't right. know. And I don't know to this day, I uh, and I don't know as she ever knew... How it was that they stumbled onto this. Right. Uh, thank God she found a dermatologist somewhere, somehow, after all those years of going to doctor after doctor after doctor, getting told the same old stuff, getting told that here's the same old solutions, none of them worked. She still had enough in her to go to another doctor, yet another doctor. Good for her. And though, cause I would have said, fuck it. Yeah, no kidding. Me too. But she was so miserable and suffered for so many years. And she finally found a doctor that somehow or other it occurred to him, maybe he read some obscure pamphlet or something about this disease process that had been discovered by somebody. And I'm not even sure where the name comes from, Pemphigus. We'll have to look at that. Yeah, I don't know where it comes from. And Haley Haley is a a common name for it, and I didn't even know that until my dermatologist told me that. So Haley Haley may have been the guy that discovered Pemphigus. Uh I don't know. In any case, um, she, f- she finally found somebody who figured, what the fuck, we got nothing to lose, and tested her for that. Sure enough, she was positive for pemphigus. So, there you go. My mom, bless her, had a lot of physical problems yeah. in her life. A lot. She s- actually survived a-, survived a brain hemorrhage when I was uh, geez, eight, nine, no, 11 years old? Really? No, no, younger than that. Nine or ten years old. And she had to carry an affidavit around with her in her purse, that swore that she had a brain hemorrhage and was not operated on and survived. Really? Because doctors didn't believe her. Huh? She would say, Yeah, I had a brain hemorrhage once, and they go, Yeah, no, people die from brain hemorrhage. Right. Yeah, I know, but I had one. Well, then you must have had surgery. No, I didn't have surgery. And they go, Yeah, right. You know. So she'd whip out the the affidavit, and she and it was a whole legal paper you know signed by her doctors and everything saying that she was hospitalized but no surgery was performed and she survived this brain hemorrhage wow. which of course is a blood vessel bursting yes, in the brain yes. and the doctor told her she was pretty much a little ticking time bomb after that you know and he's and 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 when she passed she actually did stroke out but it was uh How many years? Shit, 50 years later yeah. you know so she you know, she held up after all that. She had a lot of stuff going on that but wasn't too good. But the she,
6: stories you told me, it sounds like, to me, she had a very good sense of humor, though. She did.
4: She was hilarious. And she had a great uh, strength, too. She was very, very physically and emotionally strong. Very religious. F- put a lot of her strength in in her faith in God. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that worked for her. Right. So. And her birthday was yesterday. Yeah. So it's almost fitting that we sort of end our show on a happy birthday, Mom. And get your breasts get your breasts uh tested for breast cancer. Go get your pancake squished. Yes. Get your get get yourself tested and and uh and be be healthy to be with us for a long, long time after that. Yeah, for we can talk your ear off. I'm pretty sure we are just about done now. Yeah, Um, don't forget email us if you uh would take the time to uh just to let us know what you think of our show. Uh, you can reach us by uh, on the website by clicking on the comment button uh, for our show. And that takes you directly to our email page where all you have to do is pick Don't Get Us Started. And then tell us what episode you want to comment about. I believe this is eight. Okay. I believe so. I think you may be right. I really don't know. I think it's eight. To tell you the truth, I lose track. It's so much fun. All emails will be read on air unless otherwise requested. And we hope you'll come back next week and give us a listen. Yes. Uh, I don't know what we'll talk about next week, but we will remind we're you We're going to see how men get mammograms. Yeah, we're going to do that. I'm really curious about that. I am too. And we'll uh, maybe come up with some more ha-ha funny names well, for I have, I
6: have some that we need to talk about next week. Okay,
4: cool. Very good. Uh, that about- I've been
6: saving for this month.
4: For Breast Cancer yeah. Month. Okay, that's they're cool. funny
6: ones though. It's not so serious. Well it's that's a little good. lighter. We,
4: we need light. We need yeah. way funny. We wanted to emphasize the importance of, of uh, uh having yourself tested yes. today. Uh, we'll lighten it up from here on in. So we hope you'll come back and give us a listen and until then I am S. Sadie Burbank. And I am Lacey Montoya. And we're saying that's enough for tonight. So, so don't, don't get, get us started. Good night. Good night, everybody. Just kidding.
2: <laughs> so, I've learned some new names. <laughs> you still want one of those mammograms, don't you? <laughs> they looked so good. If telling you. Well... Their boobs? How could they not be? But anyway, <laughs> they, they the marshmallow and the graham cracker, and then it had a little red dot of icing, great right for the nipple. <laughs> it was awesome. But
1: oh.
2: anyway, <laughs> next we're gonna have Bazinga Burgers or something. Who knows? Okay, we lost Mike on this one. <laughs> oh, 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 everything hurts.
1: <laughs> Well, until next Friday.
2: I'll oh, see you later, people. <laughs> we'll talk to you then. <laughs> bye bye.
4: Yeah.